Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Deep Dive, the show that's not about ADHD, but is filled with proof it exists. My name is David J. Mund. I'm eating a piece of buttered banana bread. As comfort food, before I apologize to you for having been a big, dumb dummy, I don't know what happened with the um, external, externally recorded camera audio. Here come the dogs. I'm sorry about the jingling. This is a little prologue before a fantastic episode with Emma Sheridan. Um, I just wanted to preemptively say that the audio was a little messed up for the first, like, two-thirds of this. Not in an unlistenable way. It's just going to be a little bit noisy. Had to boost the audio. Had to clean up some of the, the noise in the back. Um, regardless, this is a fantastic, fantastic episode uh, of which I've postponed hundreds of times. So the guilt I felt when I thought that this episode would also have to be scrapped because of audio purposes... Uh, that drove me wild. Sorry for this jingling. Judah's just running in circles around me right now. She's got a lot of energy. Whatever. Screw it. Thank you for joining the ADHD Deep Dive. If I didn't say it, it's the show that's not about ADHD, but it's filled with proof it exists. My name is David J. Mund, and I'm joined this week by Emma Sheridan. So let's get to the episode. So on that note, <laughs> you've done a podcast before. I have. You are one of two episodes that I've shot fully, okay. edited fully, got ready to release, and went, David, you didn't shut up that whole time. And so for just personal reasons, yeah. I ditched it. I would like to publicly state for the record, that was no reflection on Emma's performance <laughs> in the podcast. There was a lot of things I didn't know that I was like, very wrong about for starters well whatever <laughs> i'm already doing <laughs> hello <laughs> how are you i'm good oh I'm my good. goodness I, yeah we've tried to sit in silence for 15 minutes while i set this thing up no it's on you what were you holding I back was, oh gosh i don't even remember that's the problem i know oh no i do remember this is so dumb is there's actually no there's just a meme I've been meaning to make about the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about memes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. Um, so, do you remember that dream that Quinn had the blue light? And you were dancing in oh, front of it. yeah. The waving. Uh, yeah. It just reminds me of that scene from Spongebob. That's what we're doing. The, yes. I just think that would be a wonderful, like, cap cut template to make. We'll talk about it yeah. in a second. But there was, yeah. a, there was a scene in the show that we recently did where there's a lot of blue light being cast among walls and it looks yeah. kind of wavy and gives this weird, like, omnipresent feeling. And one of the actors in the show had a dream that the light went out. So in order to keep the immersion going, we set up a separate blue light so that I could stand in front <laughs> of it and wave my arms like this and cast, like, wavy shadows. Yeah. And that would be the, the, the workaround. He had yeah. a dream about that. Yeah, and I just, there's that scene in Spongebob where there's the talent show and Squidward goes to do this interpretive <laughs> dance. And there's a scene where he's like doing the wave. And I just thought, man, that'd be, I really just want to superimpose that over a uh, that footage you shot of the blue light because I think it'd be a perfect representation. 
but I realize I don't know how to do that. I so. also just had, this is the thing that I did in the last episode, as I just panicked about things that happening in the real time. I thought for a quick second that I was drinking your chai, because oh, when no. I reached back, I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I drank my chai, and now I'm drinking Emma's chai. How was your chai? Well, my chai was delicious, thank you. Okay, Did good. you also, you got a chai with espresso. I got a chai with espresso. Okay, wonderful. Good because clearly... <laughs> At the start of every podcast, I need as much caffeine <laughs> as possible. I need to be as dissociated as possible. That's not true. Um, there's, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to oh. at least, while recording the, the notes. Yeah, so what? This is back up. I want to look okay. at some notes here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to start about a, a quick note that you can't look at. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm these not are not your notes. This okay. is just our backup audio. Okay. Something, and we'll get into the show, and we'll get into kind of how you and I know each other a little bit more. Sure. Um, but one thing I did not know about you, uh, is that you are a plant person in yes. some regard. Yeah. And I found that after something I have not been able to stop thinking about once I realized it, that I was mansplaining plants to <laughs> for like an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I like, you, you came over to do, uh, video work with me yes. on the video that we did for Valediction, which again, we'll talk about in a little bit. But then we were like going around looking at the plants that I have in the room, and I was like, this is a this, and it's going to do this, and this is a this, and something you should know about this. And then you're like, yeah, I have many of these. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. oh no. <laughs> no! It was great. I loved that there were some plants I'd never seen before. I want to hear about your plants. Mm. It was it was fantastic. I didn't feel mansplained, too. It was just, it was good. Well, upon oh, reflection, yeah. I was like, I don't know, I get really hyped about showing people plants. Yeah. Because, like, um, something that's actually hidden now, that I wonder, I wonder why I did this in the meantime, maybe this is a moment of reflection on that. I had a video called Plants, okay. a story about growth. Okay. Which I made, this is before the podcast, um, I was making videos on my YouTube channel to kind of talk about real life things, mm -hmm. and I didn't think about a podcast as a way to do that. Sure. So I was making creative videos about ways to process things in my life. And I got my first plant, and then I very quickly saw how my like obsessive tendencies or like my mm, like addictive qualities could quickly turn that into a problem. Cause when I got my first plant, mm -hmm. I knew very quickly I would have too many plants okay. and be overwhelmed by it. Sure. So I was like trying to draw some analogy between it's okay. I can take care of this one plant and make it the best, most beautiful, like luscious plant ever. Mm -hmm. And I can just focus on that for a while. I don't need a bunch of plants. And then that plant died. And oh, I, no. I, I, I very quickly, like, fuck everything. I need more plants. I need to make less videos. I need to make a podcast. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all I'm saying is, very quickly, uh -huh. I knew I was going to be obsessed with plants. Well, okay, is the obsession, like, I know these are going to wither and die in Home Depot and I need to rescue them all? Or was it, I like to care for the thing? Or what was it about plants that you're like, this is going to really be an obsession? I don't know. Other than it started with flowers. I really liked flowers. Yeah. And that was like a, I don't know, that was a, the truth is post pandemic or during the pandemic, wow, during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> okay. and I, I fell in love with flowers for whatever mystical, magical reason. And then those die very fast. Yeah. That was annoying to me. Like not just for a financial thing, but like a, I don't know, when you get, a, like, living thing that you like, mm -hmm. whether it's, like, a, a pet or a plant or a person, <laughs> if it dies, oh that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it hurts. In varying degrees, of yeah. course, between the, the plants and the people, but... And um, we'll find a transition somewhere, <laughs> but there is an art to saying oh, goodbye. You said the thing. I said the thing. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But, like, yeah, there's a very real sense of, like, the flowers were dying, and I needed flowers yeah. that lived longer. So mm-hmm. it started with a big, pretty plant. And then it was, like... Plus, I, when I moved out here, I moved in with... God love him, but the guy I initially moved in with was kind of a mental, um, mm. just what, well, that was, that was already a mean way to put it, but like, just didn't have it quite as together. Sure. And I needed a place that I felt like was totally removed from the house that right. felt like a living place. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, my obsession quickly spiraled out of control. Let's talk about your plants. <laughs> Wait, first I gotta ask, um, were you ever an orchid guy? I've actually, orchid is the only thing I have not really, like, given myself permission to explore. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my piercing keeps coming unattached, and yesterday it fell out. And so I'm, oh, I've got no. this, like, freak out, like, oh, is this still in my nose? Okay. Your nose. We're good, we're good. Yeah. Um, orchids, orchids are, I do feel that way, though. I feel like they're impossible to take care of, and I feel bad, because I feel like, I see these orchids at Home Depot, and I'm like, you guys are just gonna, it's yeah. like, it's, it's like beta fish, right? Like, I feel yeah. like they're kind of given to people oh. as, like... Uh, and no one knows how to take care of them quite right, that, and then it's yeah. Not to compare an orchid to an actual living like creature, but it is, but, but but you know, if if you view it in that way, and you happen to do a lot of mushrooms during the pandemic, <laughs> then they kind of are. Because when I walk past a Meyer or a Walmart, and like I see the display of fish, and I'm like, what I is feel so bad? Like these are not being loved or cared for, yeah. regardless of like yeah. if you think it's just a fish or just a plant, like. It is clearly not where it's supposed to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, those types of stores are for groceries, apparel, and knickknacks. Not, yeah. like, living beings. Creatures, yeah. And, like, you know, if they could, they'd sell, like, cats and dogs there. There would be, like, a Walmart, Jeez. like, mm-hmm. aisle 17 would be for, like, pets in cages. Mm-hmm. But we allow it with fish and plants for some reason. Which is fine. Uh, whatever. Maybe I am agreeing with you that maybe the comparison is a little extreme. If there's the a step, it's a step up. Right? It's a step. Like, yeah. Right. Well. But anyway, I, I, all that to say, I had an orchid and it died. But it wasn't a quick death. It all that was, to say, I it was a slow out. death because I um. Oh, the slow death. It was a slow death, and I tried so hard because I have this app. Um, shameless plug for Planta, the app. It's fantastic. Okay. Does it work? <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. It, it didn't work for the orchid, but it did make the orchid's death long and slow and painful oh, over the course of a couple of years. Um, for the most part, yes, it does work. And it's, I've really been impressed. I think if you, um, like keep, keep it really accurate as to what kind of pot you have it in, how much sunlight it gets, you know, what the airflow is like, it does a really good job. I get worried about it because it like, I am susceptible to believe that an app is telling me what it needs. And then I could be just like, it's just sucking my data Mm. and that, and, but like, like the, the, the app, like it's, I, I keep there's so many plant identifier, like plant, like what does your plant need apps that mm-hmm. I'm like, not all of them can be right. So which one is? And I have no evidence to back it up. That's why sure. I'm asking, like, does it work, work? Uh, yes. I've only lost, um, three, three, three plants where I think I was following the apps instructions and it still died of like 15 or 20 plants. Well, there's also sometimes nothing you can do. 
which is and so that sad. Sucks. It's so sad. It sucks. I do feel like a failure. I feel bad because you you have to move it in the app to the plant graveyard. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so no, the app is like let us know that your plant died. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick quick transition into the, sure. like the the, the the travel side of things. Um, something I just remembered. We both recently reobtained our wallets. Uh, I, I did not lose my whole wallet. Oh, you didn't lose your whole I wallet. I lost just the uh, you lose? driver's license. I lost. I lose. I lose, I lost just the. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Tell me about David. that. When did you lose it? And then. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So I. This has never happened to me before. Um, but I was traveling to the Grand Rapids airport, and I'm normally really good about okay, phone, wallet, you know, keys, whatever. Check it all as soon as I get mm-hmm. through security. I'm not quite sure where I lost it. Originally, I thought I might have lost it in a different airport. But when I was on the way from Grand Rapids to Los Angeles for the show, I and I, I I was having a bad week. I was having yep. a bad couple of days. Um, it had nothing to do with the show. It was sure. just you know some life stuff, um, as you're well aware. Sure. And um, I get to the rental car place, which we were very much depending on uh, <laughs> and the recollection of the panic in that moment uh, and you know I, I finally got there I have I have two suitcases full of props plus like my own small suitcase and a backpack I'm also in this like heavy winter coat and yep. like a hat and a scarf because I knew the desert was going to be freezing but yep. LA was a perfectly reasonable temperature so yep. I'm like I'm hot I'm sweaty my arms hurt Ugh. because I'm lugging way too much I, I'm just like there's a bunch of life stuff going on I'm having a time but and I you don't I'm, know yet I don't know yet right keeping positive though because there's no unsolvable problems and that was my motto through the whole week um but I, I finally get to the rental car place and um uh, the guy's like, okay, you know, you're you're good to go. I just need to see your driver's license. And I'm like, no problem. This is the one thing I've got on lock. And so I whip oh. out my wallet, and it's not in the pocket I normally put it. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Maybe things got a little bit chaotic. It's lumped in with, like, some other, you know, cards or, you know, my health insurance card, whatever. Already that moment, sorry to step on your toes, <laughs> no, you're good. I wouldn't have gone there. I would have immediately been like, I'm fucked. Everything oh. is destroyed. I'm, oh, no. I didn't, I didn't. Good for you, good for you, good for you. I did not have the freedom to let myself go there. Right, this is not, because that this is projection. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, you know, and so I'm looking, and at this point you start to be a little embarrassed, right? Because you, you're, yeah. I'm like already like kind of travel gross, and I'm like rifling through my stuff, like, yeah, man, just like, wait a minute, like, I got it. I did not got it. Uh, yeah, Max is under the table. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is, is currently uh, warming sounded, my feet. It sounded like a belly growl, or growling, and then I was like, oh, wait, yeah, he's down there. Yeah, he but, just went like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> Which this is his, I hope it picks it up. Yeah. Yeah, he's just right, right under here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. Um... And I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, no, I don't, uh, it, it's not right here. Just give me a minute. Um, I'll check my backpack. I'll check my pockets. And they're like, okay, yeah, no worries. And I did check immediately. I'm like, hey, is there any way I could show a picture of my ID? And he was like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, no, was it no a valid. firm, like, put him on the spot. Was it a firm, like, no, no was, ma'am? He was very kind. Well, and I wasn't, you know, being forceful about it because I was not, I was at their sure. mercy, right? Sure. Um, and he was like, nah, you know, we don't really do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's okay. Um, so... He kind of, you know, goes to go, you know, to help some other people. And I'm at this point, like, my, my, my jacket's off. Like, all the pockets are, like, flipped inside out. Like, 
my backpack is disassembled and it's like weird shit. Excuse me. Sorry. Stuff in my bag. I'm sorry. If you're, you're worried about it for you, not, I understand. I've said, it. I've sworn yeah. like eight times. You're That's good. Right. You're good. Um, there's like shit all over the place, like for my backpack. And it's like weird stuff, right? Like props. And it's like, yeah. what, is this, what is this woman unpacking in this parking garage? <laughs> the, <laughs> and like. For, for clarity's sake. Yeah. Props. Uh, MP3 players? Are these in your, uh, your. Oh, it was like the mask and the headdress and like okay. a wig. It was like all sorts so, of things. So like objectively weird looking things. Yes. Not even just the. The electronics, the box, boxes and boxes of electronics were <laughs> yeah. a whole separate thing. Yeah, this is like so costume cool. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, continue. Um, and so at this point, they come back over, um, and I'm trying not to be too pathetic, right? Like, I'm trying not to cry, because um, there's just, this is kind of like the needle of rope. Again, I would be crying back. right now. Yeah. I would be like... <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry hard time and so I'm like I, I don't think I can find it I'm like it's totally it's not your guys' fault like I'll take my stuff out of the car um oh the, I'm sorry I missed that part the rental car's already there ready to yeah so the way so I used kite which I had a really good experience with ultimately okay. um you you have to like they give you this credit to Uber and you have to like Uber to a secondary location from the airport oh. so I had to like go from the LAX like Uber place to this random parking garage where you like go up to the sixth floor and then they like have a bunch of cars there that they kind of check you in for. So I'm already at this like Are people waiting behind you? No, no. That is another level of like, I am now not just annoying this person who like, sure, maybe gets it, but now I'm like holding up everybody. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he did at some point, um, he came over and was like, Hey, like we, you know, other people are going to come and start like getting their cars and we need to check this one out if you can't take it. So of course I was like, okay, no, absolutely. Like I'll take my stuff out of the car. So I get the suitcases out. Um, I think you text me at this point, right? I did. I sent you a text saying, cause you were getting in like five hours later. Yep. I'm like, David, I think we're going to have to do a rental car in your name. Of course, like, uh, you know, I'll, it'll be my credit card, but, um, I, I don't know <laughs> so funny. that we have any other option because here. Because that's what I see before I go into the sky. I'm like, you gotta put a rental on that I don't, I I don't, I, like, there was no context for me. I was like, I didn't understand the whole, you lost your ID thing. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Conveniently left that out. Um, (laughs) and I was also like, uh, and you know, at this point it was also just the inconvenience of, you know, we had stuff we needed to do in those five hours, like some last minute stuff, um, that I'm like, okay, we can, you know, pick XYZ up in LA. We can print XYZ in LA. There's no reason I need to fly with these things. Um, I'm like, okay, those, those five hours are gone. That's lost. Um, and then also I'm like, how am I going to fly home? Mm. And so it's at that point, um, <laughs> you know, the fleet manager had come over and I, I, I when I mentioned, I'm like, I don't know how manager. I'm going to fly home. And my voice started to break a little bit and I started to cry and I, I'm like, but it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like I'll, I'll, you know, see if I can get my passport mailed to me. Um, look, just to be and- <laughs> clear, sorry, again, stepping on the toes, objectively, yeah. this sucks. Yeah. But knowing that it's okay. Makes me laugh at it. No, it's it it funny. It's <laughs> um, And so the, he had come over to let me know, hey, it's actually okay if you want to, you know, put your stuff in, like, one of our cars that needs to be cleaned still, and then you can go and, like, go to a Starbucks or whatever. And I'm like, you're amazing. Already you're so cool. And then I did start to cry because I was touched. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, uh, and. Uh, that might have just been what done it. That, that, <laughs> right? did, it. that did it for So you. I started to cry, and then I, um. Uh, he walked away. And so then I'm like, I'm like calling, you know, back home being like, Hey, like, can you, you know, mail my passport out here, which spoiler alert, it didn't get there in time for my return flight. So that right. so it wouldn't have worked. Still in LA. Yeah. Um, and the return thing was a whole, I mean, I made it home, but it was, that was a really interesting experience. Um, 
but I gotta give a shout out to Carlos the Fleet Manager. I was gonna say, do you know <laughs> the man's name? Car- I will never forget it. Yeah, Carlos the Fleet Manager in LAX for Kite. Um, because yeah. I must have looked so sad and so pathetic. Um, yeah. Because he comes back over and he's like, you know what? Uh, we don't need to make your day worse. It's okay. He's like, you know what? If you do have that picture of your ID, like pull it up. And uh, I, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Oh. I, I, I pull it up. They, they scan it in. And then I, you know, because Valediction got postponed, I had mm. rented with them before, but I had to oh, cancel. Right. So he went back to my old reservation and pulled up the like, back Saw of my license, yeah. texted it to me. I showed them the picture of that. They scanned the backside. And then they sent Hell me on yeah. my way. Um, and like, he even was so sweet cause he like sat in the car and like got me all hooked up to their little car play. And then he also gave me a pep talk. He was like, and it's going to be okay. Oh, <laughs> because I, I may or may not have like been like, this X, Y, Z and else is going on. And I just don't uh, know if like, you know, I, I, I may have dumped a little bit on him yeah, because but I was having a moment. In that moment. And so he like, yeah. In that moment when people are that helpful, yeah. if you're not, if you're like, really open to being helped like mm-hmm. I can't help but overly thank people like right. I, I, like when I get into that like I'm already crying you've already seen me start crying exactly. stranger yeah let me tell you why I'm crying <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly how it, felt. it was like there's no reason for this woman to be reacting this way to this thing and so I did feel a little bit of like no no no, no. like there's there's some other you know, yeah, shit going like, on um, my, this is the ADHD dive. I'm yeah. sorry, but I haven't said it. It's not really worth it to say at the show that's not about ADHD, but it's filled with proof of exists. The main point is I keep checking this and I keep bumping the flowers and they're not oh, perfectly not symmetrical. Can, no, not really. Can you actually just oh. put it like a little bit closer? We're just going to bump it right up next to the plant there in real time. I'm going to, I'm going to take it here. Oh. I'm just going to move it right. <laughs> oh, okay. We're just going to like, there we go. See, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work yeah. that's gone into this that has already stressed me out beyond belief, and Emma came in clutch with a bunch of stuff that I needed. <laughs> the tripod, where we're going to use a clean microphone that she brought in. Not to talk about you like you're not in the room. But. Oh, no, it's okay. All <laughs> Wait, good. so, okay. Carlos. Carlos. From the L.A. Kite. Right? Fleet. Yes. Fleet. Yeah. You're the MVP. An actual star. Will live on in my heart forever and ever. <laughs> um, and it was so nice because he was like, and why are you here? I'm like doing some performance art with some friends. <laughs> and when I returned the car, he was there and he remembered oh, me. Oh, what, really? And he was like, how Which means it? he's probably there now. Yeah, and he was like, how was the performance? And I'm like, it was really good. Thank you. Oh, um, yes. So just like an A-plus human being. I felt yes. very cared for by a complete stranger and that like meant so much. <laughs> Especially setting up what was about to be the longest. Yeah. Not most stressful, stressful, but that drive was something it was intimidating let's uh I, I quickly want to just like rack focus real fast and oh, read. Sure. i have to whatever i'll talk about this in a second <laughs> all right y'all if you're watching the video version see that skull see this this is not a punk house it's a punk home banner all of these things are available at catandcrew.com that's right they're the first sponsors catandcrew.com enter the promo code monday it's monday m-u-n-d-a-y to receive 10% off of your final purchase. You can get those koozies, you can get banners, you can get earrings, you can get coasters, you can get skull planters. I think it's really cool that they decided to um, give ADH Deep Dive listeners an exclusive deal um, because, you know, it's cool that we're building a little audience here and that you guys get to have some uh, sort of special perks that nobody else gets. Um, so if you aren't familiar with it yet, go to catandcrew.com, enter the promo code MONDAY, M-U-N-D-A-Y, at checkout, get 10% off your final order. Uh, okay. Back to the show. 
I want to just quickly talk about immersive theater again. Okay. I just want to, I watched it clip out. I just want to quickly explain again what immersive yeah. theater is before we talk about our story. Because yes, the camera stopped rolling. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was my bad. Okay. Okay. Emma and I do work. I'm going to talk to you. You and I yes. do work uh, for, I mean, can we talk about the company? Is that fine? Yeah, of uh, for yeah, the sure. American Immersion Theater mm-hmm. that does murder mystery parties that there's a subsidiary called the murder mystery company um murder mysteries are a part of immersive or a type of immersive theater in that you show up as just a willing participant you are expected to play along and pretty much nothing else um then the actors who are there know the story know the mystery know the loose script but it's improv for the most part and again as a person who's a guest who's just participating in there for the experience all you are expected to do is play along because you are like emma was just saying before i found out that the (laughs) clip wasn't rolling part of the story usually part of the driving force behind the narrative Mm -hmm. at that point go ahead take it a little bit further no absolutely um yeah i mean immersive theater it's it's exactly what you said in order to have a good experience as a participant and as an audience member it really does require that openness to show up right. and be present and be willing to play and right. step outside of your comfort zone a little bit i mean depending right there's there's a lot of folks who've done a lot of immersive theater as guests who that is their comfort zone right they want to show up and play but for a lot of folks who it's, it's new to it's like oh am i am i supposed to just talk to you like we're, we're conversing that's that's right. not traditional theater and and i think that's really special but it is new to a lot of people right and there's a there's a difference in the group think capacity as well because like which we'll talk about a little bit valediction the show that we did is was a more intimate subjective experience because it was there was a lot of Mm one-on-ones whereas oftentimes with murder mysteries or things like that it's large groups sure all playing together at the same time there's very public scenes but there's not as many like one-on-one but again, murder mystery is just a type of immersive experience. And I'm, I'm saying that not just to the audience listening, but also to me at home, because I'm learning about immersive experience, or immersive yeah. theater a, a lot and have done in the last year. Yeah. Um, and I think harking back to what, I, re- real fast before we go into more immersive theater talk, one of the reasons that I felt bad about the last episode mm-hmm. is not necessarily that I didn't... First of all, I thought it was your show the whole time. Oh, no. the, from from day one, I thought it was a show that you put together. Oh no! Uh, and I don't just because you, whatever you took on a very sure. creative role yeah. in like making things happen, mm-hmm. and so my projection of like this whole brand new world of a small intimate team doing a small intimate show was like oh, I'm just going to defer to Emma because Emma knows what she's talking about. This is her show here. The person involved, uh, uh, can we say names? Yes. Okay, Michael, Michael, yeah. Michael yeah, the person absolutely. who wrote the show um uh, right i would say we, uh, it was, it was let's Michael's. talk sure. you talk about what Absolutely. we did and then we'll talk about <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm trying to drive the narrative here but i should Absolutely. just like allow the conversation to unfold so this this project um was dissonance which you were also a part of yes. it was uh you me and michael freeze um it was his brainchild from the start and then yes. i got brought on uh to to help write it okay um so very much co-creation um but very much his his brainchild story idea um i mean would not have happened without him sure. pushing it forward starting it so i want to give credit where credit's due there right. for sure and i did not know that going into that i was like i thought that i was just one of the actors <laughs> of your show 
Uh, so that was my first experience with you in immersive theater, aside from Murder Mystery, because we both got, well, we were both part of the uh, same, what's... Cohort. Uh, uh, initiation, something like that. Uh, training. Training. <laughs> we were initiated with swords yeah, on our shoulders we into the American Immersion Theater together. It's yeah. part of the same uh, group of newbies. Yeah, we auditioned together. Yeah, that's wild. Um, so, now, flash forward. This is a show you wrote and conceptualized yes. yourself. Yeah, that's correct. And so, to do that, set up Firefly Tapestry a little um, so Firefly existed previously when I was, um, living in Kansas in 2018, 2019. Um, I was just kind of getting into immersive theater, getting my feet wet there, uh, went out to New York for a birthday trip and had my first experiences with some immersive theater out there and was just hooked. Right. Yeah. So I go back to Kansas and I'm like, Oh my God, I want to be a part of this. I, um, I just have this need to create and tell stories, but I, the, Dodge City, Kansas is not a, uh, sure. not an immersive hub sure. um, by any means. And so I'm like, okay, there's some uh, really cool opportunities to do remote work. So, you know, work what, that's what year, based. What time is this? Uh, I think, I think the Firefly Instagram was created in November of 2019. Okay. So yeah. this is, this is pre-pandemic. Is, okay, go ahead. It's pre-pandemic because, okay, so I wrote, um, this experience, this remote experience for Firefly that was a modern day retelling of the Velveteen Rabbit, which is a story oh, right, I right. love and hold very dear. And it was months and months of pre-show, which pre-show was just, you know, characters interacting with uh, potential guests, you know, not all of whom went through and that's fine by me um, over Instagram, uh, getting to know like this character and kind of some of her backstory. And then the actual experience was a six week long uh I don't know what else, I mean, experience, six week long experience sure. where they uh, exchanged emails with a different character. They would get a letter every week in the mail that gave clues to what was kind of going on. And then it ended with a series of three phone calls. I think it was like a half hour, 20 minutes and an hour over the course of two days. That and this was all story up. And this was all conceptualized pre pandemic, you're saying, but this, this is with, I, I'm, I'm no, just, I'm commenting no. on the fact that you're already kind of planning a remote over the phone, Zoom, digital yeah. type experience before the world kind of shifted Correct. exclusively digital for that. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was so. I mean, the pandemic was was awful. One of thing course. that it, um, you know, and that's really, something I stand by. Uh, yes, I'm all you people <laughs> saying the pandemic was a great thing. I uh, get out of here. We're yeah. done. You're done. We're done. No room for that here. <laughs> so Not at this table. So the pandemic, <laughs> um, which we agree was I, bad. Okay, but the thing is, so uh, spoilers. Okay, if you ever, I, I might remount it. So spoilers, if you ever decide to do it. Mm. Um, but the character they're corresponding with, one of them, he's in, uh, I think, 2008. And they're not supposed to know that. But then they started asking, like, oh, my God, how are you dealing with the pandemic? Because when I wrote the show, that wasn't an issue. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I had to, like, rewrite it to correspond with swine flu on his end so that there Whoa. was, like, something to, like, make it not, like, such a big reveal right away. Right. Because normally, if there's no pandemic, it's, like, there's really small normally, clues. That, like, normally, there's no pandemic. Know? Yeah. And so, anyway, it, it really, I had to rewrite some pretty significant, like, chunks of the story to be, like, oh, this, so that it wasn't such a big reveal right away. But there was this, like, time, you know, did, synchronous thing going on. Did it, in your mind, ruin... <sighs> The dog has. I just want to continue to express every time there's a loud grumbling sound. It is the dog the under dog. the table. <laughs> Although my belly will grumble soon, 
And are we still getting Indian food after this? A hundred percent. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> on a Saturday? Uh, on a Saturday Hell after the yeah. podcast, dude? <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, sorry. Continuing. Um, uh, uh, did the pandemic's effect on the story in your mind, aside from what the pandemic did to all yeah. of us creatively in our brains, did it hurt the story for you? Like, did- um, No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, the the core of the story was exploring this idea of what makes us real. And it is, and you'll see echoes of this in Valediction. Um, it's to see and hold all the joyful and painful in equal measure. Um, and to understand that, you know, that's, that is what makes us human. Sure. Um, and the story was about loss and particularly, um, you know, being able to see and hold both those things in, in people that we have lost as well, as well as like accepting that while we're still around. Um, and it was and a subtle retelling of a story. It was a subtle retelling of a story. And, you know, each character kind of corresponded to a character in the original. Um, and so I don't think it uh, hurt hurt the telling of the story. I mean, I think maybe all of us were a little more, you know, tender towards this idea of exploring our own humanity and our own inner worlds during that time. Boy, were we. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was... And that experience will always be really special to me for a lot of reasons. But I did one thing I care a lot about in immersive theater is this opportunity for people to feel seen. And I, because the pre-show was so long and because the actual experience was six weeks, there was a really cool opportunity to do that for guests at the very end. Um, And some of these people, you know, came back and did valediction and that was incredibly special as well. Um, I, you know, um, yeah. So so how, so that was your first experience in like spearheading a, yes, a, an immersive experience. At, at a certain point you begin writing from top to bottom your own story. Yes. So, Talk about the writing process at least. For sure. So that was, I didn't start writing Valediction until after Dissonance wrapped. Um, okay. So. Oh really? I thought this was like happening kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I finished Velveteen and also this is crazy. I, um. We were, we were going through um, some life transition at the end of, of Velveteen Ribbons, and I remember doing my final calls for that show in a completely empty house. My husband had already left the house. I was sleeping on an air mattress with the dog. And so I'm just like at this empty kitchen table with just my mic and my laptop uh, doing these final scenes. It was really wild. And then like the next day, like after I finished shows, I like pieced off to Michigan with the dog. The artist's um, way. <laughs> but, the true artist's yeah. way. Um. But, uh, what was that? Oh yeah. So I, then I, you know, we got to Michigan and it was pretty quickly that I jumped into dissonance, um, mm-hmm. because dissonance had a couple of, of postponements as well. Uh, so I was wrapped up in that project for over a year. And then, um, once that wrapped, I was like, I'm going to take a break and let myself rest, which is never true. No. Um, I also, know, if you're like me and you take that <laughs> break, you're just like, fuck, what am I doing? I'm sitting still. Yeah, I, to, right. I can't do this. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I have this very acute sense of, oh my God, life is short. And like, I, I really just want to suck all I can out of it, you know, and, yeah. and create and tell these stories. Because I have so many that I want to tell. I'm going to keep this little notebook um, of just like ideas and, uh, you know, jokes and um, stupid stuff like that. Um, God, I would love to read that notebook. <laughs> what are these jokes? <laughs> <laughs> it's of course private thoughts. But, yeah, I no, I mean, no, we can, we can look at it. Um, some of them are really stupid. Uh, like, uh... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot to tell me your jokes. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll um, do that at the open mic later. We'll do, yeah, we'll do the open mic. <laughs> Come catch us at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> what is that place downtown? What is it? 
was a comedy spot here? comedy spot in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Is, I'm I, not sure. I recently went. Ah, uh, whatever. Irrelevant. Continue. So, um, and I did have in that little notebook just the phrase valediction, the art of saying goodbye. Um, and I'm like, that one, I, that one's like tugging at my soul right now. I do want to explore that one. Well, I'm sorry. In this moment, is that the definition of valediction? The art of saying goodbye? Um, not put quite so poetically, but okay. it's, um, yeah. Like do you a, have a textbook definition for valediction? I would just Google it real quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have your phone on you? Because if not, I can well, do it here. Max, it's fine. Max is on my phone. Oh, uh, not on my phone. Whatever. Who cares? Valediction? Yeah. Look it up later. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is something to that effect put a little bit more uh, Merriam-Webster okay. than, uh, than that. But the show, so. conceptualized. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so from there, I was like, okay, I, um, I really love the idea of all my stories existing in world. Um, I, this... <laughs> Even in dissonance, there was a little nod to a um a character in Velveteen. I don't know if you remember that scene where um uh Prudence is talking about the letters she used to write to Joey and they would disappear. Mm-hmm. There uh, was a you were out in the garage. I was out in the garage. Yeah, she was like as if there was some cosmic letter carrier taking them away. Um, that was like a huge character. Is that in the first okay? Show. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, uh, believe it or not, like, or maybe you do believe it. I don't think I'm familiar with the the Velveteen Rabbit. Aside from really? what, aside from Super you telling me that book. it, in like, oh, it was a book, a children's, yeah. children's book then? Children's book. Letter okay. Carrier is one that was in my, you know, retelling of it. Um, but the, the, the premise of the story, it's really sad. It makes me cry. Oh boy. Um, well, I'm here for it. So there's this um, little boy who gets a Velveteen Rabbit for Christmas and, um, you know, the Velveteen Rabbit is his favorite toy. Like, the little boy sleeps with him. And not like that. <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. boy sleeps with a rabbit. Yeah. It's no, an it's adorable, <laughs> wholesome story <laughs> with no problems. Of course. Very. <laughs> so he snuggles the rabbit. I don't think. In go ahead. Bed. <laughs> okay. And, um, boy snuggles with a rabbit. Continue. Yeah. But then, and the rabbit, he has this encounter with this other toy called the Skin Horse. And the Skin Horse is just raggedy and, you know, but this this horse is, is real of all the toys like this horse is real and the rabbit's like you know does it does it hurt when you become real like because you look like you're in shambles and the horse is like you know no um you know by the time you've been you've had all your fur loved out um and like your you know your eyeballs get a little raggedy and you know your your mane is is a little bit worse for the wear um you know it's it's like the love that that has made you real um and it's the love that has like caused all these ragged edges and you know love kind of accepts all those things um so time goes on uh the velveteen rabbit starts to get a little shabby at the edges and a little worn and a little loved and um this prepping my heart for breaking yeah continue <laughs> and um this boy gets sick with like scarlet fever or something and um you spoiler alert for the book Whoa. the the nanny like takes the rabbit out to the backyard to burn him um it, along with all the toys um, because like the boy had scarlet fever, right. Or whatever illness he had. Um, and so as the rabbit is dying about to be burned to death, this is a book made during world war two for sure. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it dates back. Yeah. Um, he like cries this tear and like it lands in this like fairy, like appears. Um, and she like takes the rabbit to go be real. Um, he was already real, you know, her having been loved so much by this boy who like saw his, oh, here it comes, <laughs> <laughs> who like saw his shabby edges and like his, you know, worn velveteen patches and loved him not in spite of it, but because of it. Um, and so she and his dying takes him and like makes him into an actual real rabbit and kind of the closing scene of the book is him like peering out to like, you know, watch this little boy live his life. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's the story. Oh, 
<laughs> and can I just say I'm also very glad that the boy in this story does not die of he Scarlet does not, Fever. He does not die. The rabbit gets burned alive, though, which is a little dark. Yeah, well, I was also, when you were explaining that, I was thinking about how difficult of a concept that mice must have been to absorb as a child. But mm-hmm. Toy Story 3 comes to mind. Toy Story, it does. Where, like, they're... Oh, my God. Which you think about, like, difficult concepts for children to absorb, but, like, that Bambi's mom, like, anything anything Disney forward, like, yeah. it actually used to deal with very difficult concepts. And I guess maybe to a large extent still does. Yeah. I don't consume as much Disney content as sure. I almost did. Um, but yeah, difficult concepts to wrap your head around. Uh, yeah. Continue how this... I keep um, saying the word continue as if I need to give <laughs> okay. you permission to talk. No, so um, wrapping all the way back around, I think um, we were talking about the writing of Valediction. Yes. I love the idea of all stories existing in a world with one another. So... Um, You've got a multiverse. I do have a multiverse. Sweet. Um, and uh, yeah, I... I kind of had a loose idea of the way I wanted to explore what it means to say goodbye. Um, it was kind of that three tier to say goodbye is to uh, understand that there are certain joys you won't get to experience anymore with this thing you're saying goodbye to, whether it's an opportunity or a person or, you know, whatever else you might be grieving. Um, it's also to understand that there are certain sorrows that that thing was associated with that you won't have to experience, but in saying goodbye to that sorrow, it's its own unique kind of pain. Um, and it's also saying goodbye to the crossroads, right? There's, there's now not these potential futures that you can have with this thing that you say goodbye to, because you made a choice to go down one path or another in the saying goodbye. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, those are kind of the three tiers. How do I want to tell this as a story? So I started with those bones. Um, and I knew very quickly that I wanted wherever the show was to be, um, in a dark sky zone. So that then began the venue search and there was, um, only a few locations. I, could have picked one was in idaho which i'm like oh god we can't get anybody no one's gonna come out to idaho Idaho. yeah um instead of driving up the gravel field you have to <laughs> drive through the cornfields through the like, literally yeah i'm like ooh, okay that one's not gonna that work. would put me in a children of the corn zone too and i don't know <laughs> if i was ready for that <laughs> next time oh man um i looked at some places in upper peninsula michigan um i was like oh what if we can do northern lights but that was a little too finicky i'm like i'd rather just do stars um and then i found uh, this venue, well, the castle, and I'm like, okay, oh my god, like I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna reach out to the owners and see if I can like. Book I cannot wait to talk about them. By the way, they are so I'm... delightful. <laughs> they are angels on but earth. So excited to angels talk about them. Earth. Um, I was like, hey, you know, hi. I was so nervous. I'm like, they're gonna say no. I'm like. So I'm, I, I really love your place. And maybe, like, I'm like, I, I'm planning on doing this immersive theater production. Like, we'd be putting this many guests through at a time. Um, this is kind of what to expect. Who did How you speak you feel? with? Uh, I think it was Jennifer. Okay. All I right. I think it was Jennifer. It was right. a couple, Nigel and Jennifer. Nigel and Jennifer. And, and I, I, I think, let's let's plug it. Let's let's talk about it. Who else would see this place in the middle? If you're in the absolute middle of nowhere. Yeah. There is a little bed and breakfast. The Shady Lady. Called The Shady Lady. Yes. Um, In just outside of Beatty, Beatty. Yeah. Nevada. I think the address would be Bonnie Claire for them. Bo- Bonnie mm-hmm. Claire. The names Bonnie or and Claire or Bonnie Claire. <laughs> Bonnie, like B-O-N-N-I-E. Bonnie Claire. Claire. Yeah. Bon- Bonnie Claire. Bonnie Claire. It's very French. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cannot unhear it. My, yeah. my, my vision of jennifer is that she's 
maybe in her late 50s, early 60s. Oh, I'm a terrible judge. I don't know. Uh, well, either yeah. way, maybe it's not even appropriate to talk about. It, I don't know. And then uh, uh, her husband, Nigel, which my, again, just projection or what I envisioned Jennifer now picturing her um just this is where she grew up that like it felt like she was like her hometown Nigel little old South African man (laughs) he's so wonderful with oh my heart god I love him so much obsessed yeah just to give the concept or the context of who Nigel is so that this conversation can continue I didn't know if you were on the phone oh no for sure for sure well I wasn't even on the phone I sent them a message on Airbnb asking to book off of Airbnb or I like asked for their email or something uh, um, off of Airbnb, so it wasn't done. Yeah. Interesting. No, well, because Airbnb has a bunch of fees and stuff, and right. I was like, I listen. I have no budget. I am. It has to be self funded. That is not, a great right? ask. Um. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, would you one? Would you be willing to book direct? And two, would you be willing to book it all, knowing that this is you know kind of what we're doing? And it's you know I knew we weren't going to be making a mess. I, like I knew our team was very respectful. Um, and the team I was know, four people, to be clear. Four people. Yeah. Yes. Um. To shout them all out, David Mund. Quinn Leary, Austin Menard, and myself. Yes. Um, all of whom are amazing. I could talk about you all forever and ever. And we will talk about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone deserves a shout out, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of explained what we were doing. And they were like, yeah, that's great. Um, well, what dates? And I was great. floored. I was like, oh my God. Sweet. Well, because I think there's also an element of like, I am so excited about this that I feel like I like could think this could happen, you yep. know? Um, and let's talk about the surrounding context of the place too, because it wasn't just, yes, of course you were booking for a clear sky zone, but the reason yeah. that this place worked out so well, this was built in the nineties. Like it's, oh, it, yeah. it was not that old. I think in the literal, like the literal Actual. middle of nowhere, 40 mm-hmm. ish, 60 ish, something 40, like 40, 40 to acres. Si- well, no, um, oh. away from area oh. 51. Yes. Um, that was enough to get me to go. I was pretty hyped about that. Uh, and uh, yes, aliens were seen and experienced, and okay, maybe we'll talk about that. not even an exaggeration. <laughs> no. Yeah. Also, just a quick projection. This is going to be a longer podcast. I have to. There's just so much to talk oh, listen, about. Listen, I love if, it. I'm if you're fine it. with it. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, I have to talk forever. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it's kind of in a, a, maybe I'll put pictures up. I'm not 100% sure, but just to kind of paint the scene. It's kind of an observatory I would say it's more like a big tower of a castle, it, it was like but a, it is a castle. I think Nigel said it was like a like turret by definition. Yeah, right? Pretty much. Kind of it was like a silo. Circular. Yes, yeah, silo's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Four stories. From stone. Mm-hmm. Like no wood in that place. I think Nigel straight up said like, you can't burn this place down. I don't think you should try if you book this place. Don't, don't go don't. for it. But yeah. it is metal and stone. And has a spiral staircase that goes straight up to a glass dome, mm-hmm. which is just a clear sky viewing experience in just, and in every direction, maybe about an hour and a half, there's nothing. Just nothing. The silence, I think, was maybe more striking than the sky. I, yeah. I don't know that I've ever experienced silence like that. Yeah. Especially because of what we came to find out. Even though we're pretty sure we heard some critter type animals. Although we did see donkeys, wild burrow along the way. We did. Um, we can't confirm that we saw any animals, but we, it sounded like there were things. The The main reason I say that is there weren't even like the sound of like birds or no. adjacent animals like howling or doing whatever off in the distance. Nothing. Because there's, 
it was kind of uninhabitable, <laughs> like, unless you have access to food and water shipped in. Like, the coyotes weren't even touching that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The aloneness, the, the sense of, uh, whatever, uh, being alone yeah. was overwhelming out there <laughs> at yeah. times, uh, which yeah. meant it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And that stillness was really good. It wasn't something that I took into consideration, but I think even just for our team being able to, in the middle of all that felt really hectic, mm-hmm. step out onto the porch and just have like, I mean, it was just, <laughs> it made it a lot easier to be internally meditative when everything externally was facilitating that. Sure. Um, but yeah, so the venue, I, that yes. was really exciting. An amazing so booking. Locked that, locked that in. And then, um, and then from there, I, I started on the story. Um, and so, and that was just kind of a, a chipping away process. Um, post writing, post booking the place. Yes. Um, talk to me a little bit about team assembly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, team assembly. Um, I wanted people I liked and trusted and respected and thought were talented. Um, more than anything else. And so I kind of had a um, idea of the characters that were going to be present. Um, Continue. I'm just shifting something. Continue. Um, But, you know, before the script was even fully finished, I was like, okay, I know, I know I want Austin. Like I adore Austin. Um, I want him on my team. So I reached out to him. Um, And then I also reached out to Quinn and it was because I wanted to make sure that, you know, they were in before I even started like fleshing out these characters because I wanted it to fit who they were. But you knew, did you know you wanted him to be Austin to be a part of it? Or did you know that you wanted Austin to be the archivist? I knew I wanted him to be the archetype of death, whatever that ended up looking like. Okay. Um, Death is a, is a kind and vibrant representation of death. Not something very tall. (laughs) <laughs> very, very tall. tall. Yes, okay. pretty short. Go ahead. Um, and then Quinn, who, I mean, you know this now, is just a magical human. Oh, my God. Um, I, I originally, um, you know, the thought for that role was as more of a, of a curator and a guide than as a um, somebody who, like, the narrative was about. Um, because that's just, Quinn is, again, very much somebody who sees people really, really well. Um, a kind of, solid roommate. <laughs> I, I, it was my it was my bunk mate for the bunk mate. for the week. Yeah. yeah, um, very much somebody who would be able to guide people through this space of exploring goodbye, and then you know things kind of shifted and ended up you know having his character be more central to the narrative. Um, and then I wanted you on the team. I remember I I, I called you twice. <laughs> I was oh like, yeah, initially. Yeah. Well, because you before the um, actual show show, you were doing some backstory interactions with yes. the participants of that. Yeah. And I think that's when you first reached out, right? Or was that, or did you reach out long before that? Like, do you want to do that? Because initially, I think some context we didn't explore, this was going to be done in In the hot, hot heat of the desert in August. Um, Yes, that's that's correct. I don't think I fully wrapped my mind around how hot that was going to be. Um, Because also my context was, I knew... I knew it was in the desert, right? And I had had this experience in the desert uh, doing like a pseudo immersive thing, um, where at night it was—I mean, it's 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 a cold, cold. Yeah. And, you know, during the day it's it's a heat, but it's very dry. Uh, and so I, I just again did not fully wrap my head around 
how problematic this was going to be. And it was very quickly that potential participants and, you know, you know, members of the team were reaching out to me being concerned and like, okay, you know, this is probably not safe. We do need to reschedule. Um, and so I was crossing my fingers and, and praying to whatever deity would hear me uh, that Nigel and Jennifer would be okay with me moving oh, dates um, without think... forfeiting that deposit. And... Oh, without forfeiting the deposit. Right. 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 Um, because that was, that would have been prohibitive to rebooking. Um, and I would have had to seriously consider if I would have been able to do the show at that time. This is just, this is a quick interjection. It has nothing to say about Nigel, Jennifer or the castle because mm-hmm. all of, all three of those things were as fantastic as they could Amazing. have been. How competitive mm-hmm. was the booking? It seems. It wasn't. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I don't know how I want to talk about it in order. It's tough to get to, but yeah. it, it's an odyssey. Like, uh, it is It is a yeah. journey mm-hmm. into the middle of nowhere. I know I, we keep using that expression, and I'm sorry to continue looking only to you, and it's like, <laughs> no, just to remind you, yeah. it was in the middle of nowhere. Actually, yeah. Um, from where I was picked up in L.A., mm-hmm. Reseda, uh, it was a six-hour drive. Three hours of those are through the mountains with SOS only service. So if you didn't set your GPS before you left and you somehow disconnected your GPS, you might not have a GPS and then be lost. Granted, there's like one road, right? One road. One single road. That's right. With like two gas stations. Yeah. So So that's that's a big Yeah. Yeah. That is a huge concern. It's like, hey, and I remember putting that in the pre-show instructions like this is your last chance to fuel up please 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 take advantage of that um can we (laughs) Uh (laughs) let's talk about the rental what happened oh okay okay so Uh, and i'm this is we're so out of order here it's okay (laughs) but um if if i may Uh, you may because i think permission granted i think it was uh my i don't know that was my fault but i was driving it was the alien's mm-hmm. fault. Okay, yes, I'm so glad that you said aliens because it's time. <laughs> okay, all right. So, a, a, a quick uh, prologue. Yes. The journey there, and even though as stressful as it was, fantastic. Oh, so good. The most scenic, beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful, and we had a great crew of people who made each other laugh the whole entire time. Yeah. Um, it was that sort of like transformative. I'm glad we had this to get to know each other before being, because I didn't know them. Which it's wild to me because I, you know, I love all three of you so dearly and I, you know, it feels like I've known all of you all forever, but it was, from that car trip would not have felt like you yeah. three were meeting for the first time. Yeah, we were. I think everybody uh, wait, just Quinn, Quinn and Austin didn't know each other either? No. Oh, I thought they were, yeah. uh, did immersive stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you guys are listening. Fantastic uh, passengers in the vehicle. Uh, just great conversation the whole time. Yeah. Like, great conversation. Like, the the conversations we had made that six-hour trip still feel long. <laughs> we, only, we only yeah. had one single break. Uh, that was, Well, we had a, a break and a half, which was a gas station stop, and then a subway, which, <laughs> out in, again, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we were, I got the, roasted. The, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that guy. There was, there was only one little, like, rest stop gas station food place like there was a little dinky hole in the wall gas station and then from what i saw on some of the reviewers there was like a bar close by but the like i don't know what to compare it to that can be what is that type of 
Like a the, the place that only sold the t-shirts? Is that what you're talking about? Where we saw the birds? Uh, where we got the subway. Oh, that where place. we got the yeah, subway. Yeah, what is that type oh, of thing? It's like, it's not like a, a truck stop. A tr- like a truck stop, yeah. but there's like a... There's no type of word for that. Like, not a tourist spot, but it, whatever. If you're passing yeah. through, this is the place it you go. It was selling, like, like, souvenirs and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they only... Yeah, the only food anywhere nearby was one subway. And Emma was so down to just be like, I'm going to take your recommendations, guy behind the, yeah. the counter. And every single time you ordered something, he'd be like, well, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, you know, that's cool. Because you, know. you got the ball rolling with saying, like, what do you recommend? He said, well, I ordered I ordered a very specific <laughs> sandwich. Um, for you, Subway aficionados, I think it was the Mexicali. The Mexicali? Yeah. Which is... Not a, it's just a sandwich. It's a, it's a spicy sandwich. It's a spicy sandwich. It's a spice. And then you asked for well, well, no. He was like asking what kind of cheese they wanted, and I'm like, I don't know, provolone, American. And he's like, that's not a Mexicali. Well, then that's not a Mexicali. Like, All right, man. Like, so why'd you ask? Put on, put on what you, you know. And, and I wasn't actually offended. It was funny. It was yeah, very it was funny. funny. Oh, we were all laughing. About um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I just kind of uh, you know took his recommendations from there. But uh, that's so funny. He was just like. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, what are these? What are these three people doing in the middle of nowhere? Um, so okay, we take the rest of the journey out to the castle, which is only accessible by GPS coordinates at a yeah. certain point. Yeah. Um, hi, buddy. Hello. Oh, are you on camera? Oh, <gasps> he just went like, oh, like a snake back into his hole. <laughs> um, so uh, once you turn off the last main road. Yes. You have about 30 minutes left of driving down exclusively dirt and gravel yes. road mm-hmm. with large parts of that surrounding area, which is something we were conversationally reflecting on, probably untouched by humans. Crazy. Yeah. For untold amounts of time. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure randomly, like, yeah, there are many spots, especially if it's owned private property that like people have been on and people have mm-hmm. touched. But when you look just across the mountains, so much of that has just been like left alone for yeah. hundreds of years. It's so remote, yeah. and you know, there's no reason. It's not like there's hiking trails. Right. It's just unless you're a couple of weird ass artists trying to do some <laughs> right? performance art in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get there. There's still about two hours of daylight left. No, the sun. I think the sun had set by the time we arrived because I remember we did have one. Well, go ahead. Oh gosh. I, f- I feel like I remember it being very dusky when we were following Nigel down that road. It was dark. Yeah. Uh, but or it was getting dark. It was but getting dark. Th- it, it was like, um, Quinn and I had made the decision, there's a uh, grocery store an hour and a half away. No. Oh, God, was it? I thought it was like 40 minutes. It was like 40 miles. That was the, yeah, 40 miles. Yeah. Which meant. Half hour down that road. And then... But that was 40 miles of road time. Got that it. wasn't considering getting out sure sure sure. so okay. regardless yeah. it took us about an hour ish to get to this grocery store an hour and a half ish to get to this grocery store yeah. and austin and i had stayed behind to help set up the yeah menu. sorry so, so you guys were setting yeah. up which i don't think i we'll talk about what that was like on your behind the scenes side of this because oh, okay. i don't think i know anything about that because sure. of how crazy this side of the no, story was yeah. <laughs> um so quinn and i go to a place I think called like Riley's, 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 R A I L E Y S, something like that. Yeah. Um, Bridget, <laughs> <laughs> the one old lady. Her. I love, yeah. I love. It. Um, 
whatever. Bridget thought we were a couple when we came in, and from that moment on, treated us like a couple. <laughs> was very appreciative of us bringing this random culture to town. She said, like, I just want to appreciate you guys for bringing some culture to our little town. We're like, thanks, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but we went to, to stock up on some groceries, got some things for foods and whatever extra mm -hmm. kind of stuff that we needed. And then we were to make the trip back. Mm -hmm. I see 80 miles, something like that, 60 miles on the, on the thing. On and how I, much gas is left. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I do some like loose, weak math in my head where I'm like, we're good. <laughs> I'm sure you were also exhausted. I was so, I was so, I was so, like, so tired. Yeah, Jet lag. We were all so tired. I was still on Michigan time. Yeah. Um, That's right. Cause we had the three hour difference. Yep. Yeah. So by the time we actually got to bed at three in the morning, it was like six in the morning or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. like that. Um, wow. What a week. Um, anyways, <laughs> so we then take the trip back and May I just first say that along the way, I definitely made a wrong turn and doubled down. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I missed a turn and doubled oh, down, so I just okay. kept going straight. Okay. Which was good. It was on that road offset the gravel stuff. Okay. Um, he was like, I think that was our turn. I was like, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Let's just keep going. And then I eventually had to be like, you were right. I'm so sorry. But also, when I do that, I now have eaten up the excess gas that I was thinking about. Oh, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, so... Okay. At this point now, the closest gas station is much further away than we have time for, mm -hmm. time-wise. Yeah. Um, I should have listened to Quinn on multiple occasions. <laughs> but then we finally get back up on the gravel road, and now it's complete darkness. It is. It's so late. And the Joshua trees around us look like human beings. Because they're short little Joshua trees. Yep. They're steady. Yep. Yeah. And... Uh, all of a sudden, the notification on the screen, or on the little display, whatever the HUD, whatever the fuck I'm trying to talk about, the speedometer, the electronic vehicle thing, yeah. it tells me, you just popped a tire. <laughs> and what happened at the same time? At, oh, at, literally, uh, thank you for reminding yes. me. Because right before this, Quinn and I see off to our right side, so Quinn is illuminated by a glowing, like, Huge red light. And again, nothing around us. Nothing, literally, literally nothing around us. Yeah. And we tried to do the like reflective math of like, what if I hit the brake? And the brake was the light that was like casting its light on you. But let me tell you, we were so scared of being in the middle of nowhere. I was not hitting the brake, first of all. And if I did, it wouldn't have glown like it did. It was like, what the hell was that thing in the, out in the middle of nowhere? Less than half a mile. Boom. The thing says like tire pressure, 12 on one. 36 on the other. Yeah. Like, oh no. And then it goes from 12 to 11 to 10. And you're like uh, maybe a mile or two. Well, at this, at this point we're at the gate. You're, oh, so you're we're close. Like, we're close okay. to the gate, but we can't see. Right. We don't, because the, the, the castle is still like, like we saw the castle from a distance, but we didn't know how many twists and turns sure. we still had left to do. It was like a mirage kind of. Um, and so, yeah, at a certain point we went, uh, oh, no, <laughs> no, here's what we did. We got out to check to see if the spare was in there, right? Or am I mixing things up? Did we no, not do that I, I, checked, got back? I checked for that in the morning and I was disappointed when it wasn't there. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So you we exited the vehicle after the alien? Yeah. Oh, yeah. David. I can't remember, but David, I can't, no. I can't remember why. Cause I, de we definitely got it. Oh, I just needed to check. Like, is this thing flat okay. or is this popped? Sure. It was definitely like steaming out and Quinn and I both went like, 
Okay, neither of us know what to do about vehicles. We can. S- we know that the castle is close. We know where we're at in relation to this. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. And we get all the way up there. And now we've gotten to a point where we have absorbed the fact that we might have bent the rim on a rental. And we definitely don't have enough gas to get to the nearest gas station. And the remoteness... Oh! The power. Wait, wait, no, finish, finish, finish the car story, finish the car story. I'm just, just trying to remember, yeah. like, did, were we also... Power, power happened the next day. Power happened the next day. Okay, mm-hmm. well, regardless, yeah. uh, we absorb the fact that all of this stuff happens. We don't have enough gas to get to, ba- get to the back. But, flash forward, God bless his heart, Nigel... What an angel on earth. Because at this point, you took over, because you were like, show mom. And you're like, you took over the responsibilities. Once we got back, we were like, mom, the car's broken <laughs> and I don't have enough gas. I it, didn't put gas in it. It was the next day. Yeah. Because I, I, I was like, okay, you know what? It was again, very early in the AMs at this point. I was like, no unsolvable problems. We'll look at it in the morning. I figured maybe, maybe we just needed a compressor to like refill it. Right. Just to get us back to, you know, civilization, whatever. I walk out in the morning no, uh, and it is pancake. It's flat, flat. And so then I, you know, look in the trunk and I'm like, okay, there's probably a donut. Open it up and nothing. You know, the rental company had taken the spare out. They'd taken the trunk uh, out. Everything. Listen, this lady <laughs> showed us a picture of her license. She doesn't deserve <laughs> yeah, the that spare. Was actually, yeah, when I wasn't looking, they're like, Ugh. let's just take this. Yeah. Collateral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I'm like, oh, no. And so Which, I. To be clear, I'm sorry again. Yeah. I think all of us at this point were thinking, if we pop our tire, are the guests going to pop their tire? That was definitely another... Well, it was... Okay. However, the red light thing. Yeah, we were... I don't... Okay. I, I, the only reason I'm glossing over this in a large extent is because it's one of those conjectury things that, like, there's no way I'll be believed. That even you, though I know right. that you believe me. I do. I do. What was that light? Like the remote, the, the remoteness of it all. The fact that it was at the exact same time is what gets me. It's right. weird. It's weird, right? Right. Unlo- if I allow myself to like play with what it could have been, maybe when you pop a tire, an external sensor goes off and lights your car up and the surrounding two miles There's- with glowing red light. <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't think that's it. No. And I'm yelling <laughs> because. And I'm sorry about that. But Passionate. what was that light? I wish we could have seen it. Well, it was because I remember at that point, um, we saw you guys at the gate. Austin and I were up in the observatory. <laughs> and we're like, oh, the guys are back. Oh, you reminded me. So we we were like, ah, like, I hope it's unlocked, whatever. We were like trying to like flash lights at you. And then I remember we like, then we couldn't see you anymore. Which, we like it, went down and back up. Oh, go ahead. In that moment, yeah. I now realize we had to open the gate and then go back to lock it up. But I, for I, we were scared. I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to get me. Maybe a mountain lion. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so we drop, we open up the gate and then drive like, I don't know. What's some attainable thing on foot? A quarter mile, a quarter of a I mile up front. Mile, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I realized that I didn't shut the gate. So instead of just putting it in reverse, I got out of the car and just hoofed it. And then by the time that I'm like almost there, I realized like I'm so far away from the car. Like I'm just picturing like, did you ever see, uh, what's the, what's the, the, the movie where you got to stay quiet? 
Is, oh, is it a quiet God. place? A quiet place. I think so. Yeah. Whatever. Where the monster just like scoops up the kid from like across the bridge and then you don't see the monster, you don't see the kid, you just see the remaining trail of where the kid was. Oh I pictured God. that with a mountain lion just like <laughs> taking me down and then I'm gone. So then I'm huffing it back, hoofing it back to the car. <laughs> Quinn got scared. <laughs> so he shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> the door is shut and so by the time I get back to him he's like holding the handle like this he was like <laughs> ready to lock the door if like something oh, sorry. <laughs> ready to lock the door if something like got, was chasing me because all he saw was me like kind of running and then sprinting and then the lights going like this and he's like I thought something was chasing you I thought you were scared <laughs> uh, so okay. oh, yeah <laughs> and then you guys we, we, we didn't know where you went, right? Because we saw you at the gate, and then we were like, oh, we're going to go, like, find them, whatever. Um, we, like, couldn't see you. I don't know if the lights were off, so we, like, had walked back up to the observatory, and then, like, you were nowhere to be found. And then we one of you guys was like, like what is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, at the door knocker. Oh, yeah. She, like, scared me out of my skin. Oh, that's right. Because um, you guys yeah. weren't used to hearing the knock at the door no. yet, but there was one of those authentic, like, lion head, like... Metal Just on metal. Ring the thing. Mm-hmm. And because of how scared we were, I don't know if we did it as a bit or if we did it because, like, we were scared, but, like, we're, like, we're putting them on the same scared level as we and are. you did. <laughs> I just we... fucking slammed that thing. Yeah, because we were mid, like, where are they? Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, it was wild. Yeah. A good part of me wanting to do this podcast was talking about all of the nonsense around oh the show. Oh my god. We, listen, we went through so much, and we made it happen. So um, much. But, yes, yeah, so Nigel, this amazing soul, because mm. I, I did roadside assistance, and, you know, my insurance company was like, we're going to tow you to Vegas. Three and, and a half hours away. We can't do that, because it's not like they're going to tow it back when mm. they're done. It would mean one of us has to go and be present with this rental car that we mm. have to return. Um, so we're like, surely there's somebody who like knows a guy who knows a guy who like repairs cars out of his garage we or something. Yeah. And so we call Nigel up and he's like, yeah. And you know, he, him and his brother-in-law, Paul also, Paul's amazing. Oh my God. Um, shout out to Nigel and Paul. Um, they, which is funny because it was like, his brother-in-law, yeah. Nigel, South African. I think. Yeah. Paul, South African. Um, maybe. Oh, definitely. Yes. That, okay. that Australia, that, or that accent was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jennifer, not. So my assumption is, she went to South Africa. I I, I don't know. I'm making know assumptions story. about these people I would because love to know their story. Him and Paul aren't blood related, but they're both South African, and she's very American. It feels whatever. I'm making uh, yeah, assumptions yeah, about people. I don't know. But Regardless, they're fascinating people. And love them. Paul, go ahead. Yes. Continue, sorry. So they these angels on earth. They they brought a jack. They took our tire off. Brought it into town to get repaired. It was way too like you know it was gone beyond repair and so they got a new one brought it back put the tire back on and they just invoiced me for it with gave gas and had a gallon of gas because whoops i shouldn't have driven them out (laughs) you gas yeah um and then so we were just like set and it was Mm -hmm. it was fantastic um and so i and that was such a huge stress but that same day was the power i want to i want to touch on that but also i want to (laughs) gloss over it as well in that it was such a pain for a very short amount of time. It was, it felt long because we were, it was like, it was happening in its We were waiting for it to go out again. Right before we did our first run. Yep. Um, the, I mean, I guess the long story short is that the entire castle runs on solar. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it takes the sun in and it charges these batteries, which when the sun is not out, you know, 
runs the house. And I remember being specifically told, hey, make sure you don't run out of power. Make sure you're turning lights off. Um, just it, it sounded like, you know, just, hey, don't leave everything on overnight. And right. so we were very careful. We, like, would go through and do checks to make sure even everything though, was turned off. Even though, as a spoiler, what we came to learn is we definitely could have left all the lights on all day, all night. If it was working properly. If it was working properly. Right. Um, and we just came to find out it wasn't. It wasn't. Right. right. And so, you know, kind of right before um, we were about to start our first run of the show, um, the power starts flickering on and off. And we're like, what is what is happening? And it was a slightly overcast day that day. Um, it did end up clearing up for the show, which is great for the stars. But um, the battery had kind of dipped below this critical 10% power level. And there was a generator, which was great. So we, you know, called... Uh, Nigel up and he came and kicked on the generator but the problem was the generator wasn't charging the batteries and so you know we're like you know an hour out from showtime yeah you know the venue owners on the phone with his solar guy his and generator guy I want to also take this time to talk about our band Midwest Skies uh Grand Rapids pop punk alt rock um First of all, please head to the website MidwestSkiesRock.com to check, uh, to, just to follow up on any information about upcoming shows um, and interesting events we may have planned for the future. Uh, but also, we sell some merch there. We've got beanies, we've got hats, we've got stickers, we've got can things. I don't know what they're officially called. I think they just keep your cans cool. Can cooler, can holder. Just go to MidwestSkiesRock.com, get you some. That's it. Back to the show. <laughs> all I've just all of that to say, the the reason it was so stressful is because show preparation is happening at the same time. So it's like in our brain, if this doesn't go right, like there might be problems. To be clear, well, go ahead. And a big part of it also was like can we have people maneuver the space safely? Right. Um, do we have enough, like, auxiliary light? And, you know, I had packed 50 million, like, little candles and yep. other types of light. And so, you know, while we are, you know, also trying to get into costume, also trying to do, you know, things you would expect to be doing, a little bit of time before a show, we're also like, how do we light this space so it's safe? Do we have to delay if this goes into tomorrow? Do we now have to, like, tell people not to come out because we can't safely maneuver them right. through the space? Um, all this, like going on in the background um and also you know is there going to be which would be fine because it's their space um are there going to be active like repairs happening in the solar and in the generator while like we're trying to have scenes with people um and luckily it all did get resolved like right well, before the first show time because nigel is a freaking godsend amazing nigel and paul yeah. come up with some diesel fill up the generator and they're like just just run on the generator tonight and uh, we'll figure it out in the morning yeah because cool, they did finally get it to they, like, bypassed the solar to make the generator just power the house. Right, because initially yeah. the generator was supposed to back up the solar and the, or, and to charge the solar, solar. and then mm -hmm. the solar was supposed to run the house. Or the sol it was supposed to fill up the solar batteries, just in case. But eventually it was just like, we gotta just run on the generators. Yeah. So we run through the generator, which is a little loud, but if anything, it, like, it didn't... It caused us no logistical problems. Yes, in the end, which was fantastic. Which meant we could do the show prep as normal. We could get the show going, mm -hmm. ready to go. It wasn't a problem at all. The lights weren't an issue or anything. And the heat itself was run off of gas separately. Yes. So thank goodness. Even, yeah. even in the worst case scenario where the power goes out, which, great, it didn't. Mm -hmm. We would have had heat. Yes. We wouldn't have been stranded with no heat. Thankfully. Yeah. Thinking about that on the flip side of what that would have been like in the heat of August, I wonder. Oh my gosh. 
Because if the power goes out, that means it's probably not good for the AC. AC. But there wouldn't have been this, I don't even know, whatever. Yeah. Didn't happen. That's right. Didn't happen. <laughs> don't even need to think about it. Yeah. And then from, okay, from that point, even though maybe there's stuff I'm not uh, covering that we wanted to cover. Yeah. The show is on. The show's on. And that means mm-hmm. three nights. Did we start Thursday? We did all our prep Thursday. Prep Thursday? Yeah. Well, Thursday's when we got there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so while you shows. guys were gone, like Austin and I were setting up the like space. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, right. I was just on a timeline. So the first yeah. shows were each day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yes. 5.30, 7.30, 9.30, 11.30. Mm-hmm. There were four rooms, mm-hmm. which meant guests arrive and then are escorted into their room mm-hmm. where they are to remain until their showtime. If they get early arrival. Right. right. So we kind of offered that as an option for the reasons that, you know, are apparent when we tell the right. alien story, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a little, you know, I, I did my best to give as detailed instructions for arrival as possible, but even then navigating that in the dark is a little intimidating. Yeah. Um, and so giving people the option to arrive in the daylight if they wanted to, that's awesome. Um, but then you just can't really be wandering around the space while we're running other right. shows or, or prepping or also uh, when people would you. show up, it was pitch black. So their lights could affect just them showing up sure. could affect somebody's show while they are taken outside. Right. Um, which was kind of where I was put into play at the start. My first kind of initial role aside from whatever tech and media we did after the fact was just greeting people as they came up to the area and then sending them to a place where they could park and then leading them into their room mm-hmm. if that was what they were to do. And most people stayed overnight. Yeah, I think of the of the four time slots, three, you could also opt to stay overnight, which I think everybody did. Oh, so if someone yeah. showed up at our five thirties they never stayed. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, That's only, so right. happened, That's so it right. only happened twice, which is probably why. Right. I wasn't yeah. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, so the show is about an hour and a half. And I want to I want to be careful in a way. I kind of want you to lead the charge on how much of the oh, show sure. we talk about. Because right. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think if we give a pretty broad, like, hey, this might be spoilery. Listen at your own discretion. That's okay. Mm. I, I, I do want to do that. Okay. But also for your sake. Okay. <clears throat> Well, first of all, I want to talk about upfront and whatever. Uh, this is the podcast, and I don't feel like I should be defending myself. But <laughs> yes, we're bouncing around. I'll double down. ADHD dive the show that's not about ADHD, Listen, we but still the proof it. it exists. We okay? both got it. We're just yeah. bouncing around. Um, do you see a world where you do this again? Oh, a hundred percent. This story. I, I would love to. I think um, probably not until twenty twenty five. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, planning it again this year um, would be a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. The, and there's some other things I'm really, really excited for this year. And there's other stories I do want to tell. I think I do run into that is, um, you know, I, I love the idea of remounting uh, stories that have already been told in part because, you know, financially you already have all the supplies for it. Yep. Effort-wise, you already know the story. Yep. You have a team that works. Um, but I just get itchy to like, I'm like, yeah. oh, I really want to, but I want to do this too. And I can't, I can't just, I really can't run multiple projects in tandem. I'm finding, or yeah. I, I lose my mind. And so, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a, maybe a space to share something that's happening in 
my little multiverse. Please, yeah. Um, I see a shift coming creatively, and I think I'm going to talk about this in the next podcast, because this is podcast number 49. The next podcast will be number 50. Is it? Which I think is just going right. to be a moment, uh, it's going to be a big moment of reflection. Yeah. In that, whatever, I've been, the reason this podcast started is because I was making videos about the stuff I'm already talking about. Mm-hmm. And I started getting exhausted by all of the videos I made, like all the video I shot was only being shot to help me process some stuff. Mm -hmm. And that felt unsustainable long-term. So the podcast was initially a way for me to talk to creative people and also like shake that imposter syndrome of like, Oh, everybody else is suffering too. Like, because that's, it's important information to get as a creative is that like, this is very difficult. It's hard to convince yourself you're good at something. Yeah. And it's hard to, once you do the good thing, do it again. It is. And once you've done a good thing, there's a lot of pressure to follow that up with a better thing. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and that felt unsustainable on my YouTube channel. So it was like, rather than tell this story here, this story here, this this story here, let's talk long form Mm -hmm. and just get it all out. Yeah. Post episode 50, I think I've gotten some of the things out that I needed to get out or the things off my chest that I needed to get off my chest. Now I want to start telling stories. So I think the shift is going to be this podcast will be more relevant to just talking to creatives about the creative process Mm -hmm. and then the youtube channel will find a renewed focus on like telling not my stories yeah and the reason i'm bringing all that up is i see very i see valediction as being a multimedia type of story in that it doesn't have to be more than just the immersive experience sure but it is a palatable enough story that you could make a film out of and i don't want you to spoil that film you know, oh what I, you know what I mean? Do you really think that? Oh, absolutely. I would make I would make a valediction heart, oh or short film God. in a heartbeat. That, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. This is something I want to pitch into the, uh, the okay. little immersive group that we have. But yeah. I also want to, I want to be careful in the way that we talk about okay, it. because sure. I want to talk about the immersive experience that was valediction yes. and not so much the story of validation. Well, and I also think the story, I mean, there's a reason, um, I, I feel the need to do so much pre-show is that it's, it's kind of lore heavy. I think if we were to talk story, we'd be here. Yes. For like another three and that hours. is a trap. I think I fell into yeah. with dissonance as well as I was sure. like, let's talk about the story. And if you're not part of the story, it feels like you're just a fly on the wall in right. a creative meeting mm-hmm. rather than a creative discussion. But to kind of maybe, Hone in, home in. I never know home. the correct use of home. Think with an N. There's two. I know there's two <laughs> versions: home and hone. I don't know what one is because like, okay. there's homing. There's a homing missile. Like we're homing, homing. in on this, but oh. there's also you're honing a skill. Like you're sharpening a skill. So I think Shoot, we're honing in. on That's what I mean. There's a. I use them interchangeably. I think, I think you could hone in, but we're homing. We're homing with an ing. Right. Yeah. We're homing in on this. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> the immersive experience yeah. that was Valediction, mm-hmm. to avoid some of the plot, was not just lore heavy, but also heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a lot of heavy themes. Sure. Um, and I apologize if I'm stepping on your toes in telling the story. Not at all. 
but to kind of give you guidelines around what you should maybe talk about without spoiling, okay. is that art of saying goodbye. Like, what yeah. were you trying to communicate without saying what you said? Um, I think... Hmm, I think... I don't know where I want to go with this. I, I, I will say, you, you brought up something just a minute ago uh, that was almost reflective, maybe word for word, of some of the script. Yeah, the, uh, the three-tiered... Yes. Yeah. Like, so valediction was the art of saying goodbye, which meant processing those three things. Those, Can you touch on those things again? Absolutely. Yes. So I, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying, I think a lot of times, I mean, emotion in life is just so multifaceted, right? An experience of joy is also sometimes having that lingering sorrow in the background of when's the other shoe going to drop or um, will this be the last time I experience this joy? And like sorrow also, you know, as much as it hurts, you know, sometimes I don't want to be like, oh, there's a silver lining to anything, but like, there can be beauty found in the connection of like holding another person's sorrow or feeling held in that sorrow. Everything is so, I don't want to say gray, but it's, it's, it's multicolored and it's, um, it's this, you know, just whole constellation of human experience. And I wanted to take goodbye from being this goodbye, sad, goodbye, bad, goodbye, hard. Let's explore trauma to like, (laughs) right. Yeah. To, you know, this, this is, you know, goodbye is, is laughter and goodbye is, is tears and, and goodbye is everything that's kind of in between that. And it's the road's not traveled. Um, so yeah, those, again, those, those kind of three areas I wanted to explore was, um, I mean, let's say I'll take you, for example, if you were to, you know, move away, cause goodbye doesn't have to be kill over and die or whatever. Uh, it could be, could hopefully be. not. Could be. Um, but if you were to, you know, move away to New York and be like, fuck Emma, I'm never talking to her again. That's a goodbye. It wouldn't be as personal, uh, <laughs> but it, I yeah. might move to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know, that would mean, uh, I, you know, there, there's probably never going to be another opportunity for us to act in a murder mystery together or to, you know, have a, a, a silly, like, video sh- promo shoot, like, over, you know, some scrappy little shoot, like, in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a joy that I'm saying goodbye to. Like, I don't get to have, like, those moments of laughter with you ever again. And so that is a relinquishing of a joy. I think when people think about goodbyes, that is front of mind, of course, because that's the most painful part is, right. well, shoot, I don't... I don't get to do that again. And maybe, you know, you could die tomorrow and I wouldn't know that this is the last time that like you got to make me laugh. And that's really heavy. Um, <laughs> these were, and just to touch in this, these are to talk about you like you aren't in the room. Sure. <laughs> these are not just things that Emma is saying. These are also themes that were communicated yeah. at, with, again, trying to avoid this story. The characters in this story understood what Emma is saying right now. Mm-hmm. And in a way that Emma is communicating to me, like I am that person that the joy is being let go of, the characters tried to help the guests find that thing they're letting go of, to talk about it openly. Mm-hmm. That's a part of this immersive experience and why I think it was, I think it's important to touch on the heaviness of it, is that when you do a murder mystery or you do like a fun little like show up thing, a lot of it's just like, let's do some improv and... Uh, we can talk about the story here in that there's a scene where you play along with Emma's character, like with like little miniatures. <laughs> um, there's a lot of that, but there's also, if you're willing, moments for you to be vulnerable and share your personal story. Mm-hmm. And in this letting go thing, we learned as the cast and crew, 
many things that people were letting go of. Mm-hmm. And just hearing that for a weekend is both the most precious and beautiful. And like, I'm so lucky that we got to be yeah. trusted like that. Yeah. It's also very heavy to take, to hear mm-hmm. so many people processing such difficult things in their life and then yeah. help them process it. You yeah. Know? And I'll, I'll also take that opportunity to say, and this is something I do feel really strongly about is that immersive theater can never take the place of therapy. We're not, yes. we're not, Thank you, for saying that. you know, trained mental health professionals. I yep. think there is something really, really beautiful in creating a space where we as a community can hold and see one another. Yep. And I do believe, um, you know, in immersive theater as being a tool alongside other tools to see things in your life in a new way or to explore things and emotions in a new way that maybe you didn't have a chance to before. Um, because I'm, you know, you know, Emma and David aren't running around with like, you know, magical entities helping like guide us on a spiritual quest. Um, but in that, sorry, but yeah. And, uh, you know, so I do think that processing traumas has to be done, um, with, tools that are more equipped than us but i do it it does feel very precious and very sacred to be able to help people see things in a new way and i also want to say i want to touch on how unforced it was like it wasn't like you have come to share your traumas Mm -hmm. do it there was the space for you to do so and that's all that was like a communicated theme is that like we're saying goodbye to things yeah and that might be you know letting go of some stuff in your own life yeah, I um, tried very hard to, I don't ever want to outright ask, you know, what? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? But, you know, there's there's space to, in the way things are structured, if, you know, this calls to mind something that feels relevant to a guest, that's amazing. I do think you probably could have gone through that whole experience and, and chosen not to be vulnerable and still, like, accepted the character's vulnerability and helped them. And I think it. some you did know? as well, right? Because there's also elements that I think we can touch on that isn't, or that is story-based that isn't spoiler-based. Something that you told me is that you enjoyed incorporating the idea of playing. Oh my God, I love. playful. Yes, yeah. So the the miniatures scene was an opportunity for you to not like trauma dump or trauma bond, but like just play and have fun and give yourself permission to do that. Can you talk about that a little bit? For sure, because, um, and that was another part of this exploring, um, it's hard because the, the joys are the things that hurt the most to let go of, right? But in that, I wanted to create this moment of really reliving what those joys looked like. And I was like, how can I most authentically create a sense of, of play and like whimsy and um, laughter in this, <laughs> in this in this space? Um, and that whole scene was actually based off. I mean, there's a couple of different things because um, we, we did multi-track, right? Yep. So um, mine was based off of the last time I had felt just like this you know, joy where I'm not worried about anything. It just felt completely childlike and playful was I went on this Easter egg hunt. That this was actually Emma, not, not, not the character, not the character. but just to quickly say, she, yeah. because you said multi-track, there yeah. are opportunities where you go with one character or the other and have your one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So Emma's one-on-one was inspired by this. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so American immersion theater does like an employees headquarters, like Easter egg hunt every year. Um, and this was actually before I was, you know, full time there, but they were leftover Easter eggs from their hunt they had done. And they kind of opened it up, you know, cause I was doing the director thing uh, at the time, just the director thing at the time. They're like, yeah, if you can find the extras, I think there was like 25. So after rehearsal one night, I'm like, 
God damn it, I'm gonna find these eggs. It is my job <laughs> to yeah. find these Easter eggs. So I, I like, I like zoomed around that space. I'm like looking under like desks. I'm like looking in cabinets. I found one in like a extra roll of like paper towels in the bathroom and i remember like finding these little tiny these easter eggs and being like oh my god this is like amazing so fun and i'm like okay i i felt i just felt max is grinding again <laughs> that was noise. he's like so Mom. good it is like i've heard this before yeah um but i'm like oh can i recapture that and i'm like okay yeah let's let's find weird little things in the space miniatures are um whimsical and, and funny and and cute and i'm like yeah let's 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 just hide them and we'll, we'll look for them together and then we'll we'll make a little scene just like we used to do when we're kids, right? When you're like playing pretend. And that is, you know, for as much as I really, really appreciate and treasure the really vulnerable things people shared, um, seeing them play and like the little scenarios they came up with with these stupid little miniatures was just so precious. Those are some of my favorite memories from the show because you just got to see people just be present in a way that felt so full of joy. And I don't, I have no interest in sharing some of those personal thing and like of moments course. of joy that everyone did yeah. but it was fun and funny to see how how many people treated the miniatures in the exact same way it was fascinating like actually yeah you see themes of adults mm-hmm. being like this is the first time i've played with toys like this in a while yeah. and they come back to the same narratives it like, was really really interesting it's so cool it's it a good experiment because i'm yeah. i'm on the other side of the wall while she's having this moment i've secretly dropped a camera in this corner or whatever and i've got m- my phone and i'm adjusting lights and stuff to like change as the scenes uh, adjust and the, mm-hmm. the tone shifts but i'm also like what <laughs> yeah. are you doing with that miniature duck yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's a royal duck <laughs> <laughs> that little duck got so much love i loved it yeah um and it was oh gosh i think what one thing also that was just so, so I, oh, I treasure so much in that scene was how much of the laughter was just genuine. Quinn, oh, yeah. Quinn and I were not forcing laughs in no, that scene. No, You know, and I'm, and that's what felt so good. I'm like, yes, like, that's what I was trying to do is is get people to a place where they're laughing just because they're present. Can I say the know? character names? Yeah. Is that fine? Okay, oh, so sure. there's just three characters, yeah. and I was doing tech and media. There was Trinity, played by Emma, mm-hmm. Farron, F-E-R-R-E-N. F-A-R-R-E-N. F-A-R-R-E-N. <laughs> <laughs> played by Quinn, Q U I N N, and then the Archivist, played by who was more of an omnipresence, like Godish, like death uh, personification, death person- yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um, personification. So Trinity and Farron were human beings. Yes, right. Uh, Trinity's was not also well in that time. In- <laughs> <She's a spoiler>. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. You didn't okay. say. You didn't say anything spoilerish, right? You just. I mean. There's elements of not human to you. It's a magical realism. It's a magical realism. Yeah. Okay, but you're interacting with Farron and Trinity as though in, they're in just your human humans. pals. Yes, correct. Yep. Yes. And then, yeah, the archivist is more of it. It's very clear. This is not your average Paul person. This is a this is a character, very a figure. Clear. Yeah. Um. So when you're interacting with Trinity, mm-hmm. um, Trinity is giving you permission to, or Trinity and Farron are giving you permission to take the charge on the miniatures. And so Emma and Quinn are just like, what are they doing? And they get to laugh along with it. And when you're laughing under the character, that means the character's laughing along. So it's like, there were real authentic moments that people were being funny. That's like, you don't even have to be the characters. You can just like participate. Yeah, exactly. Was the improv side of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, even before the miniatures, that scene where we're just, you know, 
meeting these, you know, quote unquote neighbors for the first time, which is what the guests were playing. And they're, we're making small talk, but in that small talk, leaving room for them to share whatever they care to share. And people are just funny. You show up, we can't say you just show up. The reason that the story can continue is you show up and there. It's a bit of a housewarming thing, right? Housewarming. Yeah. yeah, You've been invited to a housewarming. That's how the story kicks off. So like, yeah, you're, I, I take you out of character. I mean, not in a character up to your room. And then when you're down, story starts thank you for coming to the housewarming right uh, i mean there's a little bit of something, something i mean there's backstory that, yeah, yeah, yeah sure but you know going the, into the, that scene you know that exactly yeah. the mm-hmm. pretext for which this stuff is happening so it's not just like because i imagine i mean i might have needed that context like before knowing all this stuff because again the world of immersive theater goes so much deeper than i could have yeah. ever known and i know there's like it's a whole rabbit hole that we could get, that we could spiral down. Yeah. But like, because it is such a, even though there is maybe in the community that I'm just adjacent to, not necessarily part of yet. I mean, I'm becoming a part of. Sure. Absolutely. Um, it's such a malleable term. Immersive theater that like it could have, or immersive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could it, it could have just been so many different things, but there was, for whatever flower giving moment, there was a good element of like, yeah, play where you like feel like you're a participant in this. And I'm just here while this story's happening. Like scenes that happen between Trinity and the archivist, people are sitting in the chair just watching this. They're not saying anything because like you're absorbing the story. And I think you touched on this at the beginning. There is some immersive theater, immersive experiences where you're just a part of it. You're just like there to witness it. Yeah. Right. But Mm -hmm. you've incorporated them being necessary to parts of it Mm -hmm. while, while allowing, and I'm just rambling. I'm not saying anything that you don't know. No, for sure. It was this element of like, and I, and I love this idea because it fit this like magical realism. Like we're at this, you know, crazy venue with Mm -hmm. these, you know, kind of larger than life characters of, um, there are moments of almost narration, mm-hmm. um, yeah. kind of as this thread connecting these moments where the audience is dropped into these different scenarios or memories or um, opportunities to interact and, and drive the story forward. Right. So there was like, it was a three act thing, almost four act if you count the, the very end there um, with those threads of just... Should we keep secret? We keep secret. <sighs> we should. That that thing I do think we keep secret. I want to, let's, uh, I'm going to quickly clip this. Uh, by putting you on the spot, there, right before I hit record, you were just saying that you wanted to specifically talk about all of us individually. But also, oh, yeah. one of the things that I want to, unless it's personal enough that you would rather I didn't, um, can we talk about the 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 card that you gave me? Oh, oh my god, absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay, because yeah. You don't need to share what you gave to the other people. That is their space to do so. Maybe they'll do it on the podcast one day, Austin and Quinn. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Let me make sure I'm actually recording so you can catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you gave, as we said our goodbyes, which, again, we're jumping around Mm -hmm. timeline-wise. Maybe we can talk about more of the stuff that happened at the castle. But timeline-wise, as we said our goodbyes, uh, you gave each of us our own specific card, Mm -hmm. which... We'll talk about the slight lore behind the cards in the first place before you talk about why you gave us. Um, And then you told us a little bit about why you gave us the card. Yeah. Uh, And my card was the spider. 
Um, so let's talk about the cards, because I think that that is not spoiler enough, because you tell people that as a prologue, right? Like, uh, about the yeah. cards? Sure, yeah. let's do it. Okay. Wait, you have the spiders. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, good. My... <laughs> oh, I got the spiders. Oh, my house is full of spiders. Your house isn't full of spiders. <laughs> Not this, this is just killing time. Oh, they're readily accessible. I don't even need to cut. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, let's show the display. Let's show the, the back end. Okay, yeah, so here's these guys. Uh, for the audio listeners, which is me most of the time, um, these are, <laughs> uh, it's an oracle card deck, which is a, I mean, if you, it's not the same as tarot, but it's adjacent, um, it's from my deck. Um, and this was, uh, designed, um, so I did go through, I designed this deck, <laughs> um, for the show and the goal of it was, uh, to help build out some of that lore and that idea of there being more in this universe to explore, um, there are some cards in here that are callbacks to characters from, from Velveteen. Uh, there are cards in here that were help used to explore lore in this show. And, you know, this is not going to be the last time, uh, guests are exposed to these if, if Good. all goes well in storytelling. So this is part of the multiverse. It's part of the multiverse. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, with these, uh, at the beginning of, of this show, everybody, most most everybody uh, went through and had like a special oracle card reading, um, which had kind of the same vibes as a tarot card reading. Done via um, Zoom? Via Zoom. Yep. Yep. Um, set up my little studio. I used that altar that we used in Dissonance. Hell <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, the card I gave you was um, the spider, which is kind of one of these three core, and I won't get into the lore too much, but like entities that exist in this multiverse. Um, yes. Which is also funny, yes, because you are a, a Spider-Man in <laughs> uh, another life. <laughs> in, uh, as part of the AI, I've talked about this on the podcast, mm -hmm. but for first-time listeners or whatever, uh, the only, uh, one of the other subsidiaries of mm -hmm. the American Immersion Theory, and maybe, um, theory? Theory. The American Immersion Theory. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Let's touch on that. Yes. Um, the American Immersion Theater is the Princess Party Company. Yes. Of which there are many other characters like the man of spider mm -hmm. uh and i uh, the only work i've done for the princess party company is has been as spider-man yes um and then which was a coincidence what, there was a coincidence because <laughs> okay, okay. yeah. it was the first thing i thought of when you gave me the card and I, was so like, funny. I was like oh, i was like oh i'm the spider-man and then you're like oh there's more to that I was yeah. like, oh tell me more <laughs> um so yes the spider yeah. is the one that she gave to me so, yeah, and the thought behind that, um, that's, you know, that's not lore that we explored in this show, um, but the thought behind this creature, entity, whatever you want to call it, is that they are uh, the ones who weave these webs of, of coincidence and synchronicity and, um, you know, when you think about things like deja vu, in theory, in this magical realism world we're creating, they were the ones who orchestrated it. And so there's this thought that, um, yeah... You know, I I think about everything that you did behind the scenes. Oh uh, Just to be clear, my capacity to absorb this upcoming information is low. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, both, both before performances, um, during performances, after performances, uh, you just being this absolute glue holding things together. Um, I 
could not have thought of a more perfect card. Um, you were so much that you were just orchestrating and to make the magic happen. In addition to, because a you know a big theme of this card and what we used it for in the readings um, was this nudge to pay more attention to maybe what the universe is trying to call you to be present in. Oh sure. Um, and <laughs> very much trying to orchestrate this sense of like presence. Um, and you also, as much as you were like a technical. Uh, production glue were very much a social glue as well uh, for everything that we you know have gone into in this podcast as far as things that were maybe a little bit less than ideal but no unsolvable problems um yeah, you were, i want to touch you on know, that after this by the way the yeah, no unsolvable problems thing, you but, were go um god i mean your energy was always was always up you're always you know positive not that not that you owed anybody positivity, sure. right? Like, um, but you, you just were, you were always such a great member of the team and uh, yeah, you well, know, we couldn't have, couldn't have done it without you. Well, thank you. I, I want to give my own little lore, a backstory, because going into this, this is not, traveling is not something I get to do often. Mm -hmm. So in order to make this happen, it was like, if you can cover my travel, like, that is all I need because experiences like this are like, I don't know. They're just, I don't want to slip into this like, woe is me. I'm poor thing, but woe is me. <laughs> I'm so poor. And that is a, that is a, I'm saying that from a place of privilege in that I have made the sacrifice to work in this type of uncertain creative field. Um, and so the experiences are what I live for. Mm -hmm. So like the only thing that kept my head above water was knowing that I got to do something I really wanted to do without being in crippling debt because of it. Um, and so I, I've got to deflect your compliments and push them back at you. That wouldn't have been able to happen without you. So, like, yes, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that you were like, David could be the guy to help out. Let's bring David as a part of this. Mm -hmm. It could have been. An, it, it could have been anybody who follows directions well. <laughs> like, it, it could have. Because mm -hmm. a lot of what I was doing isn't, sure. even though we did media after the fact, sure. and which I do feel like, yeah, I've got a little bit of expertise behind. Yeah. Um a lot of it was following your directions, following your cues that were written into the script as part of like, because again, to touch on what I did a little bit, uh, you had, it was a lot of bulb changing, mood lighting, yeah. hiding. Um, <laughs> because the way that immersive theater happens is like, there's a scene happening here. So I, there's tech people changing stuff over here so that these people can get into this room. And then the tech person's got to go run around the building to get to this side and shift stuff around this side of the wall. So it's a lot of what that was. You, you, you made sure it wasn't just anybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> we cried all the tears. Oh my God. So many worth. I, I mean, I, I could of course get myself to be there, but I was especially in that moment, the whole time out there, I was just present in how like wild of an experience I was having that I don't think I could have been anything other than as awake and energetic as I was. <laughs> <That's> to, <fair. laughs> to okay. me, like, like yeah. I'll accept your compliment and thank you. Mm -hmm. I was the way that I was because I was lucky to be there. So thank you very much for letting me be a part of that. Because like, 
and I, and I talked to you about this while we were out there as well, that I'll do that again. I'll do that a hundred million times. I'd also love to act in one of your shows. I would also love to act, uh, not to have you act. Because <laughs> again, you as Joey, so fun um, and amazing. And that's a reference to dissonance. Yeah, um, which, scrap that episode. <laughs> Screw that. Um, but uh, yeah, and if I, gosh, it, it really the only reason you weren't is because I, again, financial resources are, are finite. And if I could yeah. have paid like six actors and like, you know, three tech people to be out there would have loved that. But I'm like, I just really want David there. <laughs> like, where can we, how can we make this work? Which I appreciate. Yeah. Because, wow. To touch on some of the themes we've already talked about. What a team. Mm-hmm. Like, because of the heavy themes, I think we were all willing. And because of the stuff that was happening behind the scenes in our own personal lives, it was very difficult and stressful to talk about. We won't talk about that on camera. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. like, it, we were going through it, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. it, and to have that group validate your emotions on, because let's be clear, the last show started at 1130, mm-hmm. which meant it wrapped by one, mm-hmm. which meant we were doing cleanup till about three, which meant you were staying out until about <laughs> later <laughs> <Yeah>. than that. <laughs> I do think reset on this show was pretty light. Um, it was less about reset and more about. I think we were just we, processing. Well, we also needed yeah. to... The story continued in the morning. Yeah. With the characters, like, as they wake up, continuing the story. Mm-hmm. So, like, we had to be up for that. Yeah, we did have to be up to... So th- it was it was less of, like, there were a reset. More of, like, logistically, the show couldn't have been done until... Work couldn't have been done until, like, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then work had to start in the morning, in the morning. before they got mm-hmm. up. <laughs> so it's like, there was four or five days of three or four hours of sleep and so everyone was delirious everyone was emotional and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and like touched by the themes that everyone else was touching on around us that like the group just like any trip any like beautiful majestical experience you bond with that group Mm -hmm. in a way that we'd never be able to communicate that on the podcast like what we felt, what we went through, what we shared, like yeah, words words fall flat. I think yeah, and you can't. Mm-hmm. And I kind of there's a part of me that let's talk about the the touchdown, the grounding that yeah. has been that has been hard. That you can share your side of this in whatever capacity you feel is appropriate. When I got back, ooh, that was hard. It was really hard to just be like, yeah, I'm I'm jet lagged and like whatever. I'm I'm about to catch up on sleep, but there's this weird grounding reality of having the most beautiful, mm-hmm. serene, life changing creative experience. Now I'm back home. Yeah. Now I'm back home where all my stresses are, where like all my worries are. I'm back in touch with social media mm-hmm. and i love even though i was sharing to social media because we had wi-fi out there i wasn't scrolling social media and i find myself when i get in those like and i sorry if i'm dominating this part of the conversation no, then like, i get in these doom scroll moments where i'm no longer reading the things on my screen i'm thinking of all the cool things i did and how i'll never get to do them again yeah and that's not correct right i will have amazing fantastic experiences 
but the the grounding when you come back home from something like that it's it's just a serotonin crash it's that really I wonder tough. how you handled in some capacity when you got back (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it was a rocky landing for me too um and I you've been very respectful of this and I'm not going to share too much um but there was the day before I left for valediction um just some news that I got that that fundamentally just changed my reality uh and that was really tough um so coming back it was weird because i was not coming back to the same place i left you know i, I also want to say um sorry and i'm sorry to do this no it's you, for sure you're good you texted the group before we all met I up did. To, i texted all of you guys i think that that morning to forewarn yeah if you are a little uh <laughs> i don't know not grounded something along the lines of like we if, <laughs> if i'm crying and i'm very sensitive here's why it's all right I'll handle it. Here's why. Yeah. And then there was a group effort behind the scenes to then be, how much do we talk to Emma about this? Yeah. You know? And, and then it ended up being, I mean, well, we talked about it. We talked about it. <laughs> um, which was good. And I think... Um, it was your chance to talk about it. For sure. Yeah. Not that, you know... Um, <laughs> It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. That was good. And that was a very good thing. And I, I, I think something that, um, a couple things that were really good about that. One, I felt so held and cared for through that entire weekend that I, I mean, I didn't, I don't feel like it touched that experience for me. Like this, you know, valediction gets to live in its own sacred little space. Oh, man. And I don't have to reframe it, like, through the lens of having, you know, learned this thing later, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it just got to exist as it was with the support of people I was with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it happened in spite of it all. And I think that's right. that's huge. Um, and so, also, I realize I'm vague booking right now, which is really obnoxious. But, uh, you know, it just, all that to say, the landing was a little rocky coming back because it felt like, um, you know, I was leaving one reality and coming back to one that was completely different. While... Also having been out doing something that felt like it was its own separate reality. And yep. so it's just, that's a little destabilizing. Um, and, and so. I, again, yeah. I don't, I don't want to share more than you're comfortable sharing. Uh, all of us, regardless of the weight of our experiences, the, the world that we were coming to back home, mm-hmm. all of us cried. It oh, was just yeah. a cry. So it was like, well, he's crying. I can cry. They, they're crying. <laughs> we're all crying. It's fine. We can cry. Uh-huh. You didn't until... Until <laughs> the Phoenix Airport happened? <laughs> yeah. I, uh... <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. I... And I do this. I got... This is such a pattern for me in immersive. Um, especially, you know, I'll, I'll go out, I'll do experiences that mean a lot to me. And I have a really tough time. It's not that I'm not present. I just think it doesn't quite hit until I'm out of that space. Um, but, yeah, I, I had a layover in Phoenix. And I'm like, I should hit the restroom before I hop on this plane for four hours. And I'm sitting in the bathroom. And I'm just... <laughs> I'm like just like sobbing, <laughs> which is so the big cry hits you. It doesn't matter if you want it to or not. Yeah, yeah, and then I got on the plane and I had to sit next to this woman, and I'm just like, <laughs> just like facing the window, um, you know, like dab at my eyes, and it was it was in equal parts. I think just like the weight of like what we had just done and and who I was, you know who I had the opportunity to share that with, both with guests and with you guys. Um, in addition to just, you know, all the other life bullshit that was going on. Um, yeah. So, (laughs) and then I, 
you know, fell asleep and, and woke up to turbulence and was like, oh, what's going on? But, uh, <laughs> you know. Tears in your eyes, like, I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, um, that's, that's kind of when it all hit me. And I, uh, yeah, being back has been weird. And it's also, it feels like, you know, it's been two weeks since we've done this. It feels like Ugh. it's been forever and also no time at all. Um, and I, yeah, I, it's, it's always weird because you are chasing that feeling again. But knowing that those those sacred spaces only exist when you curate them and you take the time right. to like make them um, happen, uh, and I think that's that's part of where that like itchiness to create again comes in, um, is those opportunities are so rare um, to to feel so human um, with with other people that um, I just you just want to go out there and, and do it again, make mm-hmm. it happen again, and I think we create small pockets of that in everyday life for sure. Um, I don't know, call it escapism, call it creativity, call it whatever you will. But I it call just, it dissociation. It was, it was special, <laughs> yeah. And it, it was hard to come back from it. I, I will say, to pull a cherry on top of the consuming content loop that I've been stuck in, as of like maybe even yesterday, maybe it was the mm-hmm. day before, um, it was a shout out to an artist that has recently, uh, well, whatever, I'll, I'll frame it like this, Jake Frew on YouTube, J-A-K-E-F-R-E-W, makes YouTube videos in... He touches on the themes that we all deal with and then makes a cool-looking video out of it. Hmm. So one of his most recent ones was the... Do you know about the Call of the Void? Do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're you're not um, familiar with it. Basically, there is this very human feeling that we all feel, or that I'm learning a lot of us feel, when you're like on the edge of a tall building or on the top of a mountain or whatever, the edge of a cliff, it has nothing to do with suicidal ideations or like emotions behind it. But there is this thought I could jump right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, in this moment, I am fully in control of my life. And those are the only moments that you're like, really like whatever there is, or, or that it maybe it feels so powerful because it feels like the first time you're in control. Yeah. I could bring myself to jump off this ledge, but I do not. Mm-hmm. That is a choice. That is the call of the void in that like we all we all we are in touch with our humanity in that moment mm-hmm. when we have the power to stop it. Um, that video, or he made a video about that as well as a video called Consume Like an Artist that I've put two of these themes together literally, again, within the last two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, his Consume Like an Artist thing was just like, hey, if you're going to be stuck in these doom-scrolling moments, you might as well be like looking at stuff you care about rather than memes. So it's like, I waste my time watching YouTube videos. Yeah. I, I watch video podcasts. I do whatever. I should start listening to creative podcasters. I should start watching creative content if I'm going to waste my time, I should be consuming like an artist rather than be consuming the news. Yeah. This call of the void, when I look at, uh, maybe I'm just faux philosophically rambling here. <laughs> this is just a thought to maybe cap this. Is that that call of the void, because I'm not, I'm no longer near any mountains, even though I was for a second. Yeah. That mountain is like my phone in front of me 
in that I have a choice to pick up this phone. And for the first time in my life, I'm aware that I'm in control <laughs> of pushing Instagram. Right. Or whatever distractive app. I'm going to use the phone. The mountain is there. I'm on top of the mountain for right now. Mm -hmm. But this first step down is consuming like an artist. Mm -hmm. And like using... So, sorry, this is a weird circular way to no, finally bring no, us back please. to... <clears throat> uh, being out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> so forced me to like get in touch with parts of my brain that like haven't been active for a while. Yeah. Like the not worrying about the likes or the views on the podcast because I took three weeks off of the podcast. Yeah. Maybe there is no way to tie these two things together. <laughs> Check out Jake Frew on YouTube. <laughs> I'm just saying two themes to take away. Yeah. Get off your freaking phone. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. That that's why I feel the way I feel since I've been back yeah. is because I went from, you deserve a break, David. That was so heavy. Take a break that I'm stuck in the break. Yeah. I got to get out of the break. I feel that. Get off the phone. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not gonna, I need to start consuming content that inspires me so I can, once I finally do break free of that, start making the things. Yeah. One of those things I really want to make is a Valediction short film. <laughs> so yeah. off camera, um, I want to talk about this. We've got, let's put it this way. Let's put a hard deadline on this podcast because I've got five minutes left on this clip. Seven, oh seven minutes left okay. on this clip. Oh, well, six and a half, <laughs> the more I talk. Um, is there an openness to rebirth Valediction or do you see an importance of letting it sit as a standalone thing. I think it can exist, however, and wherever the art takes it, right? Um, I think, I mean, the art exists to make people, like, uh, explore their thoughts and feelings in a, in a certain kind of way. If that takes the, the form of a short film, that's amazing. If it takes the form of a short story, that's amazing. If it's an immersive experience again, while it also exists out there as a short film, that's cool. The art's alive in that way, you know? I, I, the reason I ask is just there. There is such an important overarching theme of the art of saying goodbye. Yeah. And yes, it can be a story that's told multiple times. Do you struggle in any capacity? And maybe, maybe I'm shooting ourselves in the foot by saying we got to stop here, but we should soonish. Um, <laughs> in just letting go of stories, letting go of creative experiences. Yeah. Um... This is, that's a really interesting question, and I'll try my best to, I don't know. We'll it's fine, it's fine. Continue, go ahead. Um, I uh, was thinking about this, and if I can bring up and shout out another creator here, um, Paralysis Immersive does some really great work. Mm -hmm. Quinn's, Quinn's a part of okay, that. Okay, if we're going to talk about Paralysis, um, let me clip this real quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, Quinn. Yeah, um, so, you know, their executive team is Sam Delacruz, David Higgins, there and goes, there goes there Max, goes um, and David Higgins, um, all three of whom I, I respect and love very, very dearly, um, but I was part of a, I acted in a project of theirs called Omega um, in March, last March. Yeah, so almost a year time? ago now. What is time, for real? Yeah. Um, but I remember uh, talking to David about, you know, whether or not that story would ever be remounted, and that... That story meant a lot to me. I was very grateful to have been asked to be a part of it. Um, I still um, feel changed by the story I had the opportunity to help tell. 
Um, but I remember like talking to David and, and, you know, he was expressing that, you know, that I, I think there are some stories that we just, we tell and then we let rest. And that always stuck with me um, because there was an element of like, this was so like powerful and meaningful. I want to experience what I felt here again, um, almost selfishly. Um, but I do think there is power in sometimes like letting your art be a reflection of you and telling that and inviting people into the sacred space and letting that just exist. Um, and so I do think about that with something like valediction, um, where maybe we just created this little this little pocket of, of community and this little pocket of magic. And that just gets to, in its own ephemeral way, exist as something in this world that um, this small amount of people experience together and will hold together. And then that, too, is something we say goodbye to. Um, and in its own meta way, we were uh, trying to learn how to do that in the process mm -hmm. um, because there are always stories to tell uh, and always ways. And we're always changing. Right. We were changed by that experience. So we wouldn't even be able to tell it quite in the same way. Right. Um, and that's kind of why I ask, like, I wonder, especially when we talk about what we came home to yeah. or like what what we went out there to escape sure. or what we escaped while we were out there. Mm -hmm. um, you you kind of said that there is the, like it wasn't tainted by external forces. Yeah. It was just this moment in time. So to continue the story is to, it's like the the, it's like when a show goes on way too long. It's like, did you need to do that? Yeah. Or did you just want to do that? And I, I wonder like, first of all, definitely I want to do it. Uh, I I would love to in some way turn valediction into a short film. But also as the person who conceptualize the story, there's also a lot of extra vulnerability in then yeah. rather than it being a one-on-one -on -one experience with some, you know, uh, tracks. You're now inviting anybody into it, just any, anybody. So how do you feel about, I don't know, just, well, I don't know. How to, I don't know how to talk about that, <laughs> it, especially if it might not happen because it's more of just like a, in terms of it being like a short film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that doesn't, I don't think that bothers me because when I think about, you know, the writing of Valediction, um, it wasn't birthed out of this, like, I need to, I have something extremely personal happening that I need to reflect in my art. I think it was, you know, this idea of saying goodbye and, and mortality and, um, you know, kind of the fleeting nature of all things is on my mind often, um, but there wasn't like a thing that happened that I needed to process through this story. Um, it was just, it's a space that's interesting to me and um, I felt would be resonant to others and so uh, however that being said there are always things happening in life um you know we learned that right before the show um that you can bring into the experience and draw from to help it feel more authentic as you are acting right. um or to um really make it more authentic when you are holding these things that people are sharing with you um but i i don't i don't feel that that is something yeah i mean inviting more people into it in the, f the form of a short film I, I say that's amazing the more the merrier right and they'll experience it in a different way but it doesn't have to be the same thing and i think that's okay okay well there you heard it folks uh for the first time valediction the short film <laughs> theaters near you yeah eventually uh, no, no hard date um let's go out on this um because there's i don't know when you're done here, I might plug something at the end, but, uh, recommendations, uh, suggestions for people, content wise for people to consume after this, to get an understanding of your interests. So 
genres of music, and I'm pointing oh, you in a direction. <laughs> Particular okay. things you've seen recently that you want to refer people to. Oh gosh. Any wrecks? I, I need. Is there something specific we're trying to get? I'm just say? talking about how. Uh, <laughs> Emma has recently inspired a synthwave. Oh, love synthwave. Uh, yeah. What sort of uh, renaissance in my life? <laughs> uh, so just, I guess, recommend some artists or whatever. Sure. I mean, this is separate from Immersive Theater, but I love yeah, yeah. Midnight. Oh, oh we're off God. Immersive Theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the this is the hard tra left transition here. Yeah, yeah. No, the Midnight, amazing, amazing band. The Midnight. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, such a vibe. I think we uh, were on uh, the Midnight Radio on Spotify, cleaning up uh, after the show all day Monday. So yeah, it was a whole vibe. There was a couple of times when I'd be like, you know, because we're all exhausted and we realize we got a six hour drive back, we're like packing stuff up, half of it looked groggy. Everyone's like, I hear a song. I'm like, Emma, <laughs> what is <Yeah>. this? <laughs> it's the midnight. Yeah, I'm adding it to my playlist. <laughs> and then yeah, and then you've been you've been sending me some really good recs too. Uh, yeah. That's um, been fun. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, uh, movies. Listen, I haven't had time to consume any, any visual content in a hot minute because I this has been a year of my life. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of been when I'm not doing you know American immersion stuff, I've been like, okay, I gotta work on Valediction, you know. So. Right. Um, it's been a minute. I'm. Uh, that's kind of the consume like an artist thing. Mm -hmm. My goal is to just watch. I haven't watched a movie in months. Yeah. I want to be a filmmaker. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just watching the news. Right. I love being informed. Like, I really do. I gotta stop. I I gotta let that stuff go. All I do is consume, and it's not like a guy on the couch sitting watching Fox News at home or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like. It's in the background. Mm -hmm. And like, there are, uh, I recently, uh, maybe this is a dumb plug, but I, I recently made a, just a short little like vertical video um, of like a, the life of a drummer when you hear a click track stuck in your ear. Uh -huh. And there's just this constant like, and then when you leave practice, there's still that constant clicking. Yeah. Maybe that's a tinnitus thing. I don't know. But it's also like, your brain's used to hearing that same thing over and over and over again, and that's all I can... It's just like when a song gets stuck in your head. Yeah. I need new things stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. Rather than the doom happening in the Middle East or in Ukraine sure. or whatever, or, and rather than domestic politics... Just the politics, the news, the stuff that's irrelevant to my life, I need to just stop consuming because it's stuck in my head, and I don't have any more room for other shit. So I need to, I need to watch more films... Need to listen to more synthwave, <laughs> and I need to eat more Indian food. Yes. The the final cap here uh, because I unless you're oh no I'm just fidgeting. Okay okay. It's the ADHD. Because I also we I didn't know if you were about to do the cards thing. I also want to shout out before we wrap out one more time the people who were part of the show. But before we do that, um, uh, I stayed with my buddy Zach, who was episode number four. Of the podcast, I think one of the first four guests was Zach Latalian, who lives out in Los Angeles. Would not have been able to get there without him either, because he gave me a place to crash, picked me up places, gave me referrals for like how to get to from point A to B using the flyaway bus nonsense. Um, very appreciative of Zach. Mm -hmm. Why did I bring that up? What was I saying? Were you going to shout someone out? Mm, I was going to shout uh, something out, but I was, I was talking with the cards. I was talking about. Consume, Whatever. Consume like an artist. I pick Whatever. these up. You it's say it's gone. Oh, okay. It's gone. Let's cool. shout out one more time. Quinn Leary. Oh my gosh. And Quinn, Austin Menard. Quinn Leary. Quinn Leary. Um. Oh wait. Never mind. I don't know if I'm. Never mind. 
Quinn Lear is very talented. Um, and, and catch him in whatever you can. Uh, oh, uh, acting wise. Um, Does this have to do with your very vague? Maybe I shouldn't even talk about this. You said something along the lines of like. Oh, somebody. Uh, okay, I won't. okay, it is. Uh, <laughs> come back, come that back, answers please. that question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Quinn so Leary and Austin Menard. <laughs> F- okay. Fantastic artists, phenomenal actors. Yeah. Great actors. Good um, people. Great people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can. I, I don't know where to, how to plug them personally. You're gonna see Austin in a a bunch of Netflix projects. Uh, that's uh, whether that's manifestation or projection or whatever. Yeah. I know he's he's gotten acting. He's finally like at a point in his career where like he's meeting some people and doing some things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like he's one of those spaces you're going to see. And he'll deserve it. And he'll deserve it. Yeah. Which I found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I told you, unless I told uh, somebody else. Um, did I tell you the link to Austin where I, I know somebody who knows him? Yeah. My friend Patrick from out yeah. in New York uh, worked with Austin. Austin is out in LA. Patrick is out in Long Island or Port Washington, whatever, New York city for all intents and purposes. It's just wild to know people coast to coast who know each other and then be like literally in the Midwest on either side of them mm-hmm. seeing, I mean, they're doing the thing. Austin's doing the thing. It's great to see. A Quinn based out of Chicago. Amazing. Phenomenal actor. My God. Yeah. A- and his capacity to empathize with guests as during that show. Unreal. So good. Yeah. Yeah. There are many moments where, <sighs> how do I avoid that spoiler? where Quinn's character, Farron, is processing things mm-hmm. alongside the character, or alongside the guests. And again, it, while a large part of this is script, most of it's improv, and a capacity for empathy and improv in those moments is, like, crucial to making those moments, like, land mm-hmm. with people. And, like, Quinn was the person for that role. Yeah. Great actor, great person, very empathetic. And Huge, great. Sorry. <laughs> and like, both of them, for both of them to do it so like fully and presently and authentically for each person each mm-hmm. night. I mean, it was never. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see them. I mean, whether they felt it or not, um, it did not communicate. I am having empathy fatigue. They were. No. They were who they needed to be for each person each time, and that's incredible. And I don't think they would have any problems with me sharing that like sometimes they would walk away from one-on-one experiences and they'd have to like need a minute to like get some tears out of their eyes so they can't like same (laughs) all right like that's a hard 180 you know like when you're dealing with such heavy themes or feelings or emotions to be then to turn on the actor like that takes a good actor not just Mm -hmm. a good person so you guys, if, you're, if you've made it all the way to the end here, <laughs> we love you so much. You are a great group. Freaking. Follow at Firefly Tapestry. Fire <laughs> at Firefly Tapestry. Uh, Any other socials or um, media things you want to plug? Yeah, uh, I am at Emma Storyteller. Um, I think Quinn is at Quinn of Pentacles. Quinn of Pentacles, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's underscores or any of that type of stuff. Uh, and I think Austin is at Austin.Menard, perhaps, perchance. Follow um, our followers yeah, listen, and look up the first names. They're doing, they're doing really cool things. Yep. Everybody's doing really cool things, working yep. on their own really cool projects. Um, yep. At fireflytapestry.com. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, check out our website, join our email list. That's the best way to Ooh, find out about upcoming stuff. Also, I just want to be clear. 
not to put you on the spot, and not even I don't think you need one. Sure. You don't have a Facebook, do you, for that group? I should. I just. Facebook. I went to tag it. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, there's no Facebook. No, okay. I, I should. I should just repost stuff. I just feel like there's like two people on Facebook. I get it. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. Which is funny. We could go into a whole other rabbit hole about like. <laughs> I know that is objectively true, yeah. and yet I still hate myself when the numbers are low. I'm like, nobody's interacting with my stuff. It's because nobody's on Facebook. Nobody's on Facebook. <laughs> and it's like, and people, yeah, this stuff's so visual. I'm like, Instagram just makes sense. I don't know. Facebook yeah. just feels like I'm doing it because I have to, and I don't, yeah. really, I don't know. Although I am feeling that way about Instagram a lot more lately, which yeah. is why I really... Okay. Quick thing. I, we keep going longer. <laughs> the thing I got stuck on was literally just me saying, Zach took me to get Indian food for the first time. Oh, and I had never had it until that moment. And that's all I've been able to think about since. So after this podcast is wrapped, I think we're going to go get some Indian food. But also, oh, are you pulling something I up? I want to properly plug them. It is Quinn.of.pentacles. And it is, hold on. At David J. Mund. <laughs> Austin underscore Menard. Yes. Perfect. Yes. There's the plugs. Emma, cool. At Emma Storyteller. Yes. And at Firefly Tapestry. Correct. Um, and if this is just a manifestation, if anything, even if it's not plugging you in the right direction, mm -hmm. I want to start telling stories on my YouTube channel again. That's This isn't like vlogs, but there's an element of vlog in that I'm not really talking script, but I'm, I'm shooting from the hip about an outline of a thing I'm going through. And then I shoot footage to fit that narrative. Yeah. I'm going to do more of that this year. That's all I'm trying to say. Love that. At David J. Mund, rate and review the podcast. <laughs> uh, follow the podcast at ADHD Dive Podcast. Whatever, you'll find it. It's all on the link below. Shall we get some food? Let's get some Indian food. Is there anything else? Um, we love you. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's go freaking munch!